bigger brain. movie podcast everybody um spider-man's not in the mcu anymore well i wouldn't say he's not in the mcu anymore he was already in it can't not be in it once you're in it sorry I mean, wait it um what it doesn't have to be there anymore the, yes. the, the focus is on the word anymore here i mean let me rephrase i i don't like the character will always be in it he just won't be as con- he won't be connected to it anymore. Like, <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Like, oh. like he's no, no, exactly. Peter Parker became the next Iron Man. He went off and did his own yeah. adventures. Tony clearly come- picked a bad successor. You can come to our party, Zach, but you got to stay outside. Yep, that's the idea. Pretty much it. But now, like, I they're they're not going to mention him anymore. Probably not. Probably not going to like. I think they're done. I think Marvel was like, I think that's the whole point of Marvel doing that. Like, if Marvel just doesn't mention Spider-Man anymore, like, that's the, that's what they have. That's the clout. That's like saying, oh, you don't want to give us all your, you know, uh, merchandising and 50% of the gross? Okay, well then, we're just never going to mention Spider-Man again. And we're going to just keep adding other characters and no one's going to care. And then they're just going to care about our superheroes and not yours. And they may be right, because I got to be honest... Sony never handled his uh, Spider-Man that well. Anyway, they always kind of screwed it up. <sighs> they, by themselves, have not made a good Spider-Man movie since Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Yep. Agreed. Totally. And I sort of like the first Amazing Spider-Man. Sort of like. But it's not Spider-Man too. But that's the thing. Like I could, you could say that the first Raimi Spider-Man and the first and the second one, they are solid movies all around. Like there's things about them that are like dated, sure, whatever. But no, as a whole, the casting is great, acting is great, stories like everything is like a B or above. But every other movie, yeah, there are things that are great about it. But then there are things that are like F's. Like, sure, Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man and a pretty good Peter Parker, but, like, those stories suck. And the chemistry between him and Emma Stone was great, but, like, those stories suck. And also, Peter Parker is kind of a dick. He's a huge dick in the first movie. And he just has no story in the second one except being a stalker to his ex-girlfriend and then convinces her to stay in town only to accidentally kill her. So, no. I, I mean, like, if Spider-Man 3 has things that are great about it, but it still has things that are just not so great about it. I think that the heat is wearing off that movie more, but also it's not very good. And I, yes, they have Spider-Verse. I will give them that. I'll give them Spider-Verse is the last one, I would say, that things went well. That was also an animated movie made by two people who know how to do animated movies. So. And they didn't know the back! 
is true. There are a lot of other hands that made that great, but Sony, that is a that is a Sony Spider Man movie, one that was like it won an Oscar. So yeah, you can't I can't ignore it, but at the same time, it took them a long time for them to get to that point. And that and Venom is the same thing. Venom has a great performance in it and has things about it that are great, but the movie as a whole is not great. They haven't had a movie on the whole be great since Spider Man Two, and in between that and Spider Verse. So, rest in peace, Spider-Man. It was nice knowing you. Um, I, yeah. just want, I just want to say one thing. I'm sure and it'll just be multiple things, but okay. No, 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 no. no. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it in video form. Oh, boy. Well, people are listening to this, so I don't know how you're going to do this. Okay. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, boy. All right. Bring your own phone. Oh, hold on, hold on. There's a, there's, there's, there's a, <laughs> and now you know how it feels. Now you know how it feels. Zach, you knew, you have a sponsor. I know. Stop it. We ain't got nothing but mega eat bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Never would have guessed. The least memorable of the two movies. Three movies. Got it. I don't know about that. I think it's the least memorable of the two movies. Tower's great. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying it's the least memorable of the three movies. See? See? We're off on a tangent again. All right. All I know is Uncle Ben is back on the menu. (laughs) Sony, Sony doesn't really have any other card to play, really. Although that's not necessarily true. If they keep going with Holland, then they've got Tony Stark. Tony Stark, he doesn't have to say, like, the same way that they treat Uncle Ben in the first Civil War thing, they can do with Tony Stark in the other movies. Like, you can just have him, like, people be like, I know that you, you know, lost somebody important to you. And he could be like, look down, and there you go. All of a sudden, he feels bad, and we're like, oh, well, we can just put Tony Stark in his head, or Ben now. We can do either one now, but, like... It, it, just because they ha- they haven't mentioned Uncle Ben doesn't mean they're going to bring him back to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Hmm. You say that, but that seems to be all Sony ever does. But that my point is is that they they don't have to have that option now. That like before they that's all they knew how to start him off. But he's already started off. That's the thing. They've been given uh, good material to work with. They're not starting from scratch. They've got a Spider-Man that works in a world that works. It's whether or not they can get the writers and the director on board, too. True. Oh, Anyways, God. a couple other big things happened this week. Okay, save Sorry. save, save the big one for last, okay? Get all your crap out, get all your crap out now, because I'm going to blow. And 
So, yeah, get all your stuff out now. Alex, you just know me so Whatever you want to call it for next week. Say 50% or more. It's super, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, you guys. I want to tell now. Let's be honest, Chris. You're definitely a poor lover. Yes. Um, but all right, get yeah. all your news out now. Get all your news out. Go. Anyways, uh, a lot of things happened at D23 this year. Save uh, it. Save it. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying save Star Wars, or are you saying save D23? Save Star Wars. Save Star Wars. Okay. That's what I thought you meant. Spoiler alert! D23 is a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, the big ones is we saw a lot of images of some pretty big stuff coming. Uh, we saw some stuff for Onward, which is Disney Pixar's next big movie starring... The aforementioned Tom Holland and another MCU alumni, Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's going to happen a lot. Um, we got an announcement of the date, the release date of Black Panther 2 with Ryan Coogler. Where's our kingpin for five years? I know. Uh, what else did we see at D23? Um, we, uh... We got a bunch of the TV shows uh, revealed. Uh, we saw our first big look at the Mandalorian. Yes, oh. yes, yes. No, 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 no. Mandalorian is cool. We're cool with Mandalorian. It's just Episode Nine we can save. Okay. All right. Well, then I will say I will say this: the Mandalorian looked better to me than the Star Wars stuff, and that's only because there wasn't a lot of Star Wars stuff. The Mandalorian looks uh. Yeah. Um, what Looks else? So did, what else did we get? Um, we saw our first image of Black Widow. Oh, yes, the poster. Uh, yeah. Um, we saw our first. Uh, there's a poster release. So, it. Alex, this will get. This might get you excited. So they showed footage. They showed footage at D23 of the Black of Black Widow. Somebody I somebody I follow was there, and he said it was Atomic Blonde-esque. I don't know about you, that gets me excited. It gets me excited too, but also, that's what people wanted from Red Sparrow. They wanted like a, they wanted, because Red Sparrow is like a, a Russian spy female action movie, but it's also really boring. So when I heard of Black Widow, I'm like, ah, this is an opportunity to like double, to totally double down on Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. I honestly would love it. We also we also got the con- uh, a confirmation of a TV show. Uh, uh, the Muppets, Muppets now. Yes, that's right. And it's subvertly called Hello There. Ah! <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi is a TV show, and it will be starring Ewan McGregor. It's called Hello There. No, it's a sitcom. My name is Welcome to my bar. I just bought it off the end of the Canto Bart Ray. Uh, we uh, we got yeah. 
I used to be a Jedi. I'm hiding from the Rebel Alliance, but in the meantime, would you like a nice martini? I'm actually impressed he remembered Canto Bite. We got our first image of another TV show on Disney Plus called Cruella. Oh, really? Was that Emma Stone? Is that a movie or is that a show? It's a sh- uh, I, it might be. I don't know what it is. It's a movie or a I think it's a movie. It might be a movie. Uh, doing a show. We saw our first image of Marvel What If with Peggy Carter as Captain Britain. Nice. That's and insane, zombies. but I dig it. Nice, Marvel Zombies. Um, we got, uh, three confirmed Marvel Disney Plus TV shows as well, specifically Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, uh, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. That's pretty sick. Yep. I also find this to be very interesting. It's not about content, but did anyone else notice that Disney Plus also will not have any rated R content? No, that didn't surprise me. That's where Uh, it was going to be the ground for that. Didn't surprise me either. Uh, I'm going to skip over the next thing because we're going to talk about that later. Um, it, guys, good car insurance. Great car insurance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian, as I said, uh, looks awesome. The coolest thing I saw was like, a guy getting cut in half by a door. That's sick. That is sick. That is sick. But also just the look of it, the vibe, Werner Herzog's in it. Just like yeah. I, the, the way they actually film the guy as the Mandalorian with his, like, it's Angel the way Pascal. that I feel, I feel like, um, I, just the main character. I'm just talking about, like, the yeah, way they Pedro film Pascal it. Pedro the main character. That, no, I know, I know, we've talked about this before, we've talked about Pedro Pascal. What I'm saying is, um, uh, God, uh, you, Zach, you, no, uh, um, it, it's the way that I feel like people probably felt when they saw Boba Fett. Yes. He seems cool. He seems like the bounty hunter I want to follow. Like, like I have no no idea what his allegiance is. It's just yeah. he's a, he's a cool action figure, and I dig it. Yep. Uh, then we got looks at our next two Pixar movies, uh, specifically being Onward, which I'm really excited about, and uh, twenty uh, late 2021, which is a film called Soul, which is about jazz, starring Jamie Fox. They're going jazz. back to the Inside Out well. Whoa, who, wait, who says it's going to be inside a body? No. Oh, um, gonna keep soul. I think Soul's actually more of a directly tied to Onward, honestly. Onward's kind of a mystical, magical thing, and Soul tends to derive, Souls tend to derive from stuff. I think it's going to have most closely tied uh, with Coco, actually. Coco dealing with Coco. I want to cook more with Coco again. Magical property. If it has the same magical properties as the Blues Brothers, then I'm in. Yeah, I agree. Um, then We're on a mission. Yeah. Then we got the first image and look at Disney Animation's next big movie uh, called Raya and the Last Dragon, which is a film uh, inspired by Southeast Asia, um, and it's written and directed by a Southeast Asian director. And it looks really, really, really cool. The first image is very gorgeous. Uh, and I'm very excited to learn more about this this project because it looks cool. Ah, I'd have to look into it. It sounds great. Um, yeah, it stars... Um, so specifically uh, dealing with uh, mythology uh, derived from Bali, 
Cambodia and Vietnam. Uh, and it's uh, basically an epic fantasy adventure with a vibe of a Hong Kong action film. That's what they described it as. Oh, like a cra- like an animated Crouch and Jagger, Hidden Dragon thing. Yeah, um, and then they confirmed uh, the actors, which is Cassie Steele and Aquafina. Aquafina's everywhere. That's a good water. It is a good water and a good comedian. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Um, Actually, she may be nominated for uh, either she or her movie will be nominated for something this year, I would think. Yeah. She got a so, movie called The Farewell, and she's very good in it. Yep. Um, they talked about a little bit about uh, some of their uh, other things. They did talk about Mulan a little bit. Um, that was a thing. That that did happen. Yes. There were people present, there was video, we are certain. Yes, I didn't really... I'm talking about, bes- like, besides oh, that, no, stuff happened. The, the thing I think Chris will want to hear is, uh... Guys, come to the non-live My Show yeah, Movie dude, podcast for the certain that things yeah. occur. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Disney Legends speech was really funny about... And basically telling a story about how he got sent to prison on Disney property for smoking weed. <laughs> that, that is a light uh, but very earnest Robert Downey Jr. story. It's not like he was going to tell, tell the story where he was found in someone's house in their bed in his underwear sweating every fluid out of his body. Yeah. Um, that was a bit more crazy. Then we got something very interesting, and this is going to help... Uh, segue into the next thing, Chris. Uh, we got an official confirmation. We got an official confirmation of the official, uh, what Disney's gonna call their official names for the three trilogies of the movies. Of the Star Wars movies. Uh, this includes all the side movies and all the TV shows and everything. So, uh, episodes one, two, three, Solo and Clone Wars are what's called The Age of Republic. That's the official title. Okay. Uh, Episode 4, 5, 6, Rogue One, Rebels, and the upcoming show, Cassia Mandor, which is based on the character from Rogue One, is what's called... Oh, and uh, The Mandalorian are what's part of a functional uh, mini-series called The Age of Rebellion. And, last but not... Rebellion! Last but not least, uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars Resistance, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is their theme park, is part of a thing, which I think I'm going to let you guys guess what you think it's called. Oh, gosh. Uh, Alex, what uh, do you think? Oh, gee, um, ah. The Vulcan era. Um, <laughs> the Enterprise era. Am I hitting the right... I'm, I'm in this wheelhouse, right? Um, the Galactica. God, oh, Negative. I know. No. Give me a chance. You're close with Galactica, um, I guess. Silent Running. That's deep cut. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Age of Spaceballs. The what? The Age of Spaceballs. No. Damn it. I would say the rise. The Age of Skywalker. Uh, no. It's Age of Resistance officially. Oh gosh, dang it! I should have gotten that. Dang it! You don't. That's really that kind of highlights the the. the the thing that I don't like about this new franchise a little Gee, bit. Gee! Oh, I mean, you already have the Age of Rebellion. What's the difference between Resistance? It just sounds repetitive. So, 
it sounds like what they're using is the age of is obviously the big one, and then they they're kind of choosing the main organization of the good guys. So the Republic was the main good guys. There were no good guys in the prequel area. Come on. I mean, the Jedi. The Jedi thought they were. That's the point. Yeah, and they were part of the Republic, and then the Rebellion. Obviously, we know the Rebellion. The Resistance is the name of the good guys now. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, I got you. Um. So yeah, and then just. To segue real quick, Chris, I know you're 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 chomping at the beat. Uh, the you most hear me shaking my desk right now. The most important thing we got at D twenty three is the official teaser poster for Mickey's buttons on his overalls. State for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Ugh. I guess go he's ham. not a red herring, I guess. Go ham, Chris. Okay. Palpatine, it turns out, is not a red herring, judging by the poster. <coughs> They're going to feature him this prominently, then they got to use him. Check out Smoking Gun. Um... I got a theory or two that I want to share, but we'll... I have... No, we're going to go through it all. Like, I've heard it all, okay? Okay. In the 48 hours that I've had to process this, or 24, I don't know when this trailer dropped. It dropped this morning. Um, but the... <laughs> everybody was talking about it, like, during the weekend. We're going to... I want I want to just, real quickly, before we go real ham on this, though, Chris, let's... Wait to talk about that last image until nope. we kind of discuss everything else first. Okay, sure, yeah, okay, that's fine. Hey, I was giving you fairness. Let's talk about that last image last because there's that's going to change a lot of things. Let's talk about our initial stuff I first. I what you guys were saying. I completely understand it. It's, I, it's, I get your code. So let's talk about when Ray was... Wait, what are we talking about again? Alex, please tell me you watched Ray, this trailer. There you go. Yes, I watched the trailer. Thank the God. The one with the dogs, the chihuahuas that talk in Beverly Hills. Negative. Yes. Nope. No, no, don't. Was it the one where Jim Carrey is all green and it's Christmas time? Yes. We are not talking about the mask. Okay. That's, I guess that is. That would be the movie. Two different films. This is the one where. <laughs> Tom Cruise was a rock star and he sang Poison songs with his shirt off? No, 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 not it. Said yes, I did see the rest of Skywalker. Okay. I haven't seen that poster though. You're saying there's a Palpatine poster going around. Yeah, there is a, there is a, there is a Palpatine poster. That's she right now. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about this poster. Okay, hold on. Um, so... Alex, can you find it? Um, still looking around. You guys keep going. I'm gonna look for that poster, but I have seen the trailer though. Okay, good. Um, so yeah. Um, first, Chris, I, just my initial look here. Um, Palpatine looks very animated in the background of this poster. Does does that not seem like calling you? Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Let me find it. Got to find a high res image. What's going on here? Just show me the image. Tell me you don't have that up on your wall already? Yeah, Chris, you don't have it up on your wall already? It's not big enough for my wall! I need it bigger! Um, let's see here. I like it. 
Hey, Chris, Connor? I have a better Star Wars fan than you. I have, I have like, almost all the Star Wars posters on my wall. But not the biggest Star Wars fan. He's just the guy who needs more time to actually intake and then digest the information because he's a bigger fan. He's a, he's a he's you don't just shove the meat in some sauce and then throw it in the oven. You get a crock pot, baby, and you let it simmer. Yeah, sure. Um, All right, I can okay. see what you're so talking I, about. I see it now. I see I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, I, yeah, I can I can kind of see it, but he, he looks he looks very animated. Like he he belongs in a TV show, <laughs> like a cartoon. Hmm. Come back to the um, uh, he could it could just be I mean that he's a, a force ghost. Um yeah so um real quick to talk about that I I posted something actually in our chat uh, earlier today in fact I'm gonna pull it up here pardon my unprofessionalness Zach you're better than this I'm not mad I'm disappointed um so I heard a really interesting. I- I heard a, a very interesting theory here, actually, that um, the Palpatine we're going to see is not Chiev Palpatine in physicality. Agreed. Uh, and that the Palpatine we're going to see is a Sentinel Palpatine. Uh, Sentinel! Do you guys know what the Sentinels are? Sentinel, okay, that's so the word. I was thinking about that all week. He, he's he's no, so the Sentinels was a, a group of androids designed by Palpatine, basically... Neo in the Matrix. Can you not interrupt me? That'd be great. Um, the Sentinels have been used a lot. They, they, were most, they were actually used only once in canon right now. They were used a lot in the EU, but they were really used mainly in right canon. What? In Star Wars Battlefront 2... And other books. And the comics. same story, which is basically... Palpatine created these droids to basically pass on um, his plans for what happens if you were to die, which basically involved the, the Empire raising a bunch of planets. And for him to pass on key information needed for the Empire to grow and basically become what would be the First Order. So Actually, Palpatine not true. Is Functionally, the first supreme leader of the first order. That is not true. Cinder, Cinder, Operation Cinder. I've told Alex this before, like a year ago. Operation Cinder was the Emperor's plan that if he were to die, the Empire cannot exist without him, and that his intention with Cinder was to destroy the Empire because he felt that if it, if he were to die, it could not exist without him, as highlighted yes. in Star Wars Aftermath Empire's End, which is on my shelf, which I have read three times. Um, and that it was Ray Sloan who started the First Order. Well, I'm going to be honest, Chris, I only would have been most... One at a time! Bro! True information passed to him by a sentinel prepared by Palpatine. What's your point, Zach? The, okay. the, the point, the, anyways. No, no, so, no. He's. It's just a theory, is what he's thinking. It's, it's a theory, dude. Chill out. Uh, so basically, what I'm getting at is my theory is likelihood is that one of these 
Palpatine probably left more Sentinels to do other tasks other than Operation Cinder. That he's a smart guy. He seems like he'd do that. One, my theory is that one of these Sentinels is a Sentinel destined to create more Sith, and that my guess is early on in Rise of Skywalker, we're going to see Kylo Ren find one of these Sentinels and start functionally learning from it, in which. Uh, because I think the big thing of Rise of Skywalker is what we've been established at the end of Last Jedi is that neither Rey nor Kylo or nor Ben Solo are Jedi or Sith. They are in between. They're somewhere in between. They they don't fall into either category despite being uh, representative. Like, okay, you're walking on a tightrope, but go ahead. Okay, what I'm thinking is that. Rise of Skywalker is not going to exemplify that anymore. It's going to start pushing these characters closer and closer and closer into their predestined roles being both a Jedi and a Sith. Rey has gotten her calling to become a Jedi functionally, but not a true Jedi in the sense, since she even admitted herself, I'm not a Jedi. But she did take the ancient Jedi texts. We know this. The ancient Jedi texts! She is the last Jedi. She's the last Jedi. She is the last Jedi, and Kylo Ren will then become the last Sith, functionally. We'll see. Okay, so do I think that that thematically works really well? Yes, but I don't think they're going to make him a sentinel android who's set up his, like, they're not going to do any of that. There's no setup in the other movies. If anything, they would put, they would use Plagueis, if anything. But, like, because that's been in the movies. That's the whole point. Like, they're going to use... Well, I think, I think it's a, it's a fun twist that you find out early on in the film. You're like, alright, Palpatine is dead, but he's not dead, and his, his, he, he's still having a presence in, in the galaxy. I think that's a good way oh to do that because it's a functional way where he's tr- quote unquote transcended death functionally well <clears throat> Ray's gonna have access to the force ghosts of like Leota Luke and maybe even perhaps a certain Hayden Christensen um uh, Ben on the other hand is gonna have access to a sentinel droid at Palpatine that's my theory and it would make sense why the Palpatine we see in this poster looks animated because the character is literally not there, and it allows us to get the wonderful performance of Ian McDermott without physically needing him to be on set, necessarily. And he wasn't necessarily seen on set. We know he's in the movie, though. Doesn't matter. This is the this is the literal... If I was watching the new movie, and then... and stumbled upon a robotic uh, embodiment of Palpatine the way that Superman did with his father in Man of Steel. These are the words that were come out of my mouth, and Chris, I apologize already, but in the theater, I would sit there, and I would say, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) And that would leave. I have to agree. agree. I, I would find it so dumb if Ben Solo came across a robotic Palpatine. Any version of a robotic Palpatine. And I would just think, that's so dumb. That's, that's, I don't care how he is. Yeah, it's quite silly. Not as silly as the other theories I've heard about Ray, but we'll get to that. 
I have a theory about that that I think ties very cleanly into the universe. But we're not going to get into that. Not uh, yet. yet. But uh, um, I think while the while you don't like the idea, I think it would work well with the universe without... Basically, it would work well in the sense that it wouldn't disrespect what Ryan Johnson did, and it wouldn't disrespect the concept of what the story has been established so far. I, that's my point. It would be a very safe way to do it. Let's go with that. Yeah, uh, I think even JJ is above that, honestly. I think, but I think it would depend on how the story writes it. I don't. I don't think there's a reason to think why Palpatine, not himself, couldn't turn a angsty young boy into exactly what he wants. Oh, there goes Alex. Hold on, get him back. He, let the, he cut out the call. Get him back. Alex, you there? Yeah, he's gone. He got cut out the call. I just saw the notification. Oh. Hold on. Get him back. We're coming. We're coming. Hold on. What happened? Nope, nothing happened there. Okay. Hold on. Hold on, buddy. We're coming for you. Stand by, everybody. And okay, we're back. So, um, what I was saying is I think, well, Alex, do you think it would be really stupid? I think that it would tie very well without disrespecting what Ryan Johnson has already done. I think it would disrespect it, yes. Why do you think that? Because what what he says to Ray before they go is, or before they separate, at the end of that movie is, it all needs to go. It all needs to die. And if he just sort of finds this robotic android at Palpatine and just gets seduced by it, like, I'm I'm sorry. Even take that out of the equation. Ben is better than getting seduced by a robotic Palpatine. The, the spirit of Palpatine makes sense. But a robotic android of Palpatine, just so we could learn how Palpatine survived, when you can just as easily be like the energy of Palpatine and the core of the ship survived. It makes sense. It's energy. You can do whatever the hell you want. It's force. But... If you have to sit there and explain on a sci-fi level the robotic antics that Palpatine had to do to get a robot to the spot that Ben did, that's way more about Palpatine than it is about Ben. And I don't think this movie is going to be that, it's not going to be the Palpatine movie. Palpatine is just where people are going to. It's like Apocalypse Now. They keep talking about how they're going to see Brando. Like, they're going to keep taking their ship to Brando. They keep going to all these places to see Brando, and Brando shows up in the last ten minutes. And it's worth it, because Brando's crazy. But at the same time, they're leading up to him. That's why he's on the poster. Like, in my opinion, this movie's going to be way more like that. Everyone's going to be trying to get to this energy source in the ship or whatever, and they're just going to find out that it's Palpatine. Ben's going to get seduced by it, sure, but like... For the, for the amount of time you have to tell us how Palpatine got these androids to the point for Ben to find it, is stupid. And the idea that Ben gets support from an android robot is super dumb to me. He's done all this stuff on his own. He killed his boss in, an, in a very smart way. All of a sudden, he's like, hey, you're, you're, you're Palpatine robot? You, you, you were cool with my grandpa. I like you now. We're buddies. No. Like, that's... No, you have so much you have to solve in this movie. Don't do something stupid like that. Fair enough, fair enough. You still have to explain the relationship between Ray 
and um, uh, Kylo. You still have to explain the relationship between Kylo and his mom. Like, where where Kylo's gonna go? But if you have to, like, add in the fact that it takes a robot android to, like, seduce him even further, I don't like this guy anymore. Fair enough. It's too sci-fi. Too sci-fi for a movie that didn't give it room already. You want to put it in a show and have it last for a season and give it the episode? Sure. You want to put that stuff at the beginning of this trilogy? Sure. If it wasn't snow, if there were complete, like, ominous shots, if people kept talking about this location where this this energy source coming from where the old Death Star used to be, like, the same way they talked about where Luke was. Great. I would be all for it. If they laid the track for that train to come to town, I'd be on board. But they haven't. So if they all of a sudden Ben shows up and there's this robotic dude and he's the one that makes him go to the last Sith, like screw that, no, 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 thank you. I don't, I don't want that. That to me is kind of like Yoda flipping around doing lightsabers. Like I'm just like ah, no, thank you. <laughs> okay, okay. <sighs> is it a cool theory? Yes, because it's based in the in the extended universe, and that, it's not just like some out of the blue where you're like, I want a robot Palpatine. No, they've they've set up this stuff before. It's something he's done. It's part of canon, or it used to be part of canon, whatever. So it's not it's not out of nowhere. It's just not something that they would ever do, and I, it's not something the audience would ever accept this late in the game. Like that's the thing that JJ has to think about. It's he has to actually put the pieces together to what he started and hoped other people would take other places and what Ryan Johnson actually did. He has two movies to end this one. And the trailer posits that it's the end of nine movies. You have to conclude nine movies now? You're not going to add a Palpatine robot to do that. Fair enough. Would you, would you want that, Chris? No. Thank you. No one would want that. Okay, okay. I'm telling you, this theory is not as dumb as the ones I've heard for Ray, but we'll get to that. No, I, I mean, this theory is actually very driven in canon and is like would make yeah, sense if it, if it happened. It just, it, it's crazy. It, it just they didn't lay the groundwork. They they just didn't lay the groundwork, and I think had they laid the groundwork, I think it would have been an excellent payoff, an absolutely yes. excellent payoff. I agree. That'd be very fun sci-fi. I'd be all about that. And in fact, they've tried it before and it's been successful in other media. So I'm not saying it wouldn't be possible. It's just not possible now. It's, it's too late. It's too late in the game. Way too late. It's got to be a force ghost. It has to be simple and simple. Like, no, they didn't think about bringing Palpatine in, I guarantee you, until after Last Jedi. And they were like, you know, what crazy stuff can we do? Let's bring Palpatine back. It'll satisfy and also we can do something crazy with it. But they better have something simple to bring him back. It has to be something that's going to satisfy everyone. If you have a, if you have something that's that outrageous or that like canonical and that nerdy, it's not going to, it's not going to reach everyone. That's true. That's true. Um. So yeah. Um. What else from this trailer do we want to talk about? Other than the one thing I know Chris really wants to talk about. Oh my god. What's the only thing they really give us, honestly? I think it was some imagery, some cool stuff. There's a cool fight they have in, on an ocean, on a on a tanker, or on the something Death like Star, that. On the Death Star too. Is that the Death Star too? Pretty damn sure it is. Are we confirmed that that is Endor that it is on? Yes. Where was it confirmed that that is Endor? In the image. 
I, I okay, don't... take that shot, put it in the shot from the first trailer, and it's the same. The roaring ocean, the 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 rusting metal, and the then like there's a turret just off to the left side of the frame, and it's all rusted up. That can only be the Death Star too. I'm not saying Therefore, it's not the Death Star. I'm saying where's your proof that this is on Endor? I Dude, really where else did that Death Star blow? It could be a, it could be a, it could be a Star Destroyer. We oh don't know God. that. I can't believe. No, no, no. Why would they be on a Star Destroyer and a freaking Death Star? I, I will, I will say this, Zach. You do have a point. There is no proof, and anything is possible. But it does walk and talk like a duck. It is true. All the, all the math says that it's probably uh, the climax on that ship in that area. But. Yeah, I'm not. I, there is no confirmation. I agree. You can't. Yeah. You can't take. You can't take just this at face value. There's. There's always something sneaky below. We don't even know what this plot is. So exactly, we don't necessarily know that this is Endor. It could be Endor. I want. Believe me, I would love it to be Endor, and I think it would be really great if it if the film ended on Endor. I just realistically uh. don't. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. I think. This is either some kind of star destroyer that we haven't seen. We in the trailer we saw an image of like a hundred of them. So there's no proof that this isn't at the end of a large battle of some random ocean thing. It could be Camino for all we know, and that Ray and Kylo are fighting on the sinking ship to the death because it's very. This imagery is very, 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 very similar. To the final battle on Mustafar. In episode three. Oh, is that It's two people who have just decided to end it. End it to the end. And they are going to do this till one of them drops dead. And they're doing it on a sinking, who cares what, in the middle of a hellscape. This hellscape, do I, a giant yeah. in the middle of a storm, it could be a lava field. It could be the, ba- the battle of two armies around them. It didn't look like lava to me. No, I know, but I see what he's saying. I agree. The imagery is there. There is there. There is a mirror imagery there. But also, the more complicated thing about this is Zach is we don't know what their where their characters are at that point. Yes, is she trying to save him? Can she not save him anymore? Is she trying to stop him from doing something? Is he trying to stop her from doing something? Is this the last fight they're going to have? Are they the only two left? Like, there's a lot of questions. There's so much. There's so many things that I don't know about this yet, based on the little bit that they've shown us. The math says it's probably Endor, but at the same time, uh, it could be anywhere. And it, here's the thing: this may not even be the end of the movie. This may be the midpoint of the movie. And I agree. I agree. We don't know, and so it's it's hard to decide where this is, what this is, what the context of this is. Obviously, the last image we've seen on this is suggesting something else, and we'll get to that. But, um, so, and and based on the last image of this, this this is suggesting to me that this is a midpoint of the movie. Um, this, the, the, the last image is the thing they want everyone to talk about, because they don't really want to reveal anything else just yet, which is fine. Yes. So this, that's why I don't think there's probably too much to this image outside of the simplicity of it, just kind of like the other thing. But, again, there's still a lot of mystery, so there's still a lot that we don't know. Which I think is fun. Yes. So, how about we talk about that last image, eh? Oh, God. Woo! There's... 
like this image whether you think so or not has opened the floodgates of what yes just I've heard it all in just the 24 hours I've had to process this news like I've seriously heard it all so well let me ask you let me ask you real quick Chris okay real quick 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 well, I'm going to ask you a series of questions just to get you an idea. So what was your initial response when you first saw it? Not what you thought it was, but how did you feel when you first saw it? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay, a quantum leap quote. Got it. So <laughs> I, I would say, um, what was your initial thought of what it was? What do you a dream. Think it is? A dream. No, like, the, like, the, like okay, no, a vision like kind of like what uh, Luke had in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Okay. Vision. Or like a daydream. Now, here would be my next question. Who's? Oh. Ray's? Or is it Kylo, who's so afraid that her power may, even if he turns her dark, be overpowered than him? And she becomes so powerful that she takes him out. I think it's right. Maybe, I think it's right. Maybe, maybe, Palpatine is show, maybe Palpatine is showing Kylo what kind of person Rey would be if she succeeded him as a Sith. Oh, God. Now i got to pace around the room. Uh. So, Alex, I, I, I just want to say that is so crazy that it has to be fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not even joking here. I'm not even joking here. Like, so I read a really cool theory that Disney is one with this is once again pulling from the old EU, uh, and I'll and I'm sure Chris has probably heard this one. But the more important thing here is that what you just suggested is so simple and so like you think about it, you're like that's how he gets them. That's how he gets him to go dark. Right? That's how he does it. Is he shows, he, he, he gains that fear and he gets it. He's like, Kylo Ren is so afraid that Rey will be a better, darker, more powerful Sith than him that he just has to kill her. And I don't know if I'm right, but I will say it. what I do love about it is that exact thing. It's the simplicity of it. It's about, it's that one image through the eyes of the right character do the, the intimations of another character. You like, know what's crazy about this too? As I saw, as I saw this image, and I saw the close up of it, and I looked at, it, I'm like, "There's no Sith eyes. Why is there no Sith eyes? They wouldn't show that close up if, without the Sith eyes if there wasn't a reason. And I think the reason is it's not fucking real. <laughs> that, that's it's, what I think. I think it's, it's yeah, a dream. It's something else. Yeah. And because because Star Wars has always, 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 doesn't matter what it is, has been very clear about showing characters when they go dark. They show those Sith eyes, those fiery yellow eyes. And Rey doesn't have those fiery yellow eyes. And so my theory, and that that's what I think makes it so much more believable, is I don't think J.J. Abrams would stay away from that. I think he's gonna... Because the other thing is, is when you look at the trailer, Palpatine has those fiery yellow eyes. 
you see them. They're very clear in the stars. So when you see this image and you don't see those yellow eyes, that means something. It has to mean something. So... I, I think it's one of two things. That is my theory, that at the very least, Kylo is having that image of her and that she is better than him and that he is getting keys stoking fear from that. I like the idea that Palpatine is the one that's showing him that image with whatever power he has. That's what seduces him. That's the kind of... I, I like that a lot. However, the other thing I'm thinking is maybe this is just bait and switch. And really, um, someone that presented a really interesting theory that it actually the lightsabers is both red and blue, and they change the lighting to red to trick everyone, and then she actually has a, like... A red and blue saber because she's the gray Jedi now. And I like that idea, but that means they'd have to manipulate it the way they do, like, Avengers movies. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think I that image has Lucas power. Does that? Like, like Marvel Disney does that? Disney does, but not Marvel. But the whole reason they do it is because they want to trick us so that we don't know because we live in a world where everything gets out a week before we actually get a chance to pay for it. So... Yeah. That's just the name of the game now. I don't think they want to. I think they have to. But honestly, I think Kylo is seeing her, and I think he's like, she would be better than me, and I think he's afraid, and I think that's why Palpatine's like, you need to kill her. Um, the, the more outlandish theory that's more tied to the greater Star Wars universe that I like, but, uh, I, I, I think my idea is a little crazy now, now that Alex has explained it. Because it's so simple, and it's so it's so Star Wars. Um, I think it's both. I think both are so Star Wars. I think this is one of my biggest problems with the new trilogy. Yeah. You had an EU. Yeah. You had an EU. You had, you had so many stories to work with. You had so much material. You had a fan base options. You could have done it, and I guarantee, I like the fact that they tried something new, but they had an EU to work with. It's like... So, and then let me let me go back on to what I was going to describe here. So, um, Alex, how familiar are you with the video game Star Wars: The Force Unleashed? Oh, don't Absolutely. don't go there! Don't go there! We're gonna have a fight, Alex. Don't go, don't go there, Zach. Chris, don't go there. Don't go there. Chris, we are going to have this. a fight. So, how familiar are you with it as a franchise? Oh or my as God, a no! Don't do it. No. So, I'm going to give you a very, very, very brief explanation of, of the game. Is that okay? It's not brief. If not, that's cool, too. So, the story basically follows a character named Galen Marrick, who is the son of two Jedi who escaped Order 66, was found on Kashyyyk by Darth Vader, and became a secret apprentice. No, um, no, no. At the end of the story, he he inadvertently creates the rebellion, um, and he and then he dies. What we find out in the second game, <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> what we find out in the second game is that uh, Darth Vader and the Emperor cloned him, cloned him hundreds of times, and that one of those clones escapes and becomes a a light side user. Well, another one becomes a true dark side user. No, and no, that no. What we're going at here is that Ray, as a whole character, was pulled from this initial story of Galen Merrick, where Ray functionally starts 
the resistance inadvertently through her heroics. Nope. I'll, there's a light ray and a functional dark ray, and this nope. ray we're seeing is this dark clone who serves only nope. Palpatine. Nope. While nope. the light ray is the ray that was left on Jakku as a child. Nope. Okay, so do I, do I again, think that that is stemmed from the EU, and does it stem from the movies? Yes, because they're, they've proved that clones exist. However, again, that's a lot of explanation. Where's Palpatine been? How can he make clones? Where's the clone? How did he get Rey? Where did Rey come from? How did Rey get on the planet? If she's got clones, are there other Rays? Oh my god, my head's gonna explode. There's 20 minutes left of the movie. Keep breaching! Fucking hell. Yes, and, and again, this is something that's a, it's a deep cut from old EU material. Uh, and the, the theory goes is that this ray is how Palpatine comes back, is that his spirit attaches itself to this ray and that this ray is Palpatine. Stuff like this that makes me wonder whether or not should have been a sh- should have continued on as a television show or television shows, or if it should have continued on as is Star- it should Star Wars have continued on after those films as TV series or as movies? I'm starting to wonder now. Because Star Trek does have the right structure for it to be episodic. Star Wars had the universe to allow for a lot of episodic stories and characters, but as films, people... It's weird now because people view Star Wars as like a television show just because it's been around for so long, but really there's not a lot of material in the film. So now we're like... Now things are a little bit weird now. And I don't know... Like, I hear this stuff and I'm like, it'd be great if it was a show, but like, how are they going to pull off stuff like this and make this trilogy work? And that's my biggest question throughout all of this. Since we don't know a plot or anything, that is my biggest question. How are they going to make these two movies work? And the thematics from the last movie seem to be Ray comes from nothing and yet she is the... um, She is something. She's the beacon of light for the universe. This guy came from the Skywalkers, and yet, no matter what he does, he just can't seem to get the power he wants, and went down the worst path because he was spoiled and rich and all that stuff, and I I don't think they want to lose that scene. How they're going to make that work with Palpatine, I have no idea, but uh, I think the only way for this trilogy to work is if they lean on the thematics and not on the story, because to be honest, we really don't have a lot of story guys to work with. Yeah. Thank you. Not a lot has really happened. It has you to are. be thematic. Okay. I have been caged long enough. I am taking over now. This is my show. I must speak now. Sure, I have I been silent for far too long. Just, I need to talk for minutes. I just got the best car insurance, guys. From Geico? <laughs> Stop. Go ahead, we are not sponsored by Geico. Um... Okay. I don't even have a car right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Screw Geico. I just like geckos. And cavemen. <laughs> and giraffes. And ca- or camels. God, there's so many. Okay. Okay. I have been through it all. Okay. I have... Through gift form, I have shown you how thoroughly... I have tried to think this out. Now... Yes, yeah. Let's go through this step by step. Or theory by theory. Yeah. The one 
that is there's the there's the theory that it is a dream, it is a vision, a la Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Whose vision? We don't know. But the more I think about it, the more I like Alex's idea. Second, we take it at face value, and Ray has turned to the dark side. Freaking what? A, why would you show that? That's like Sony, every time they show the final shot of the movie in the trailer. You, you, no. Nobody likes it when they do that. And B, why would you end this entire saga on that? On a on a possible double turn? Okay. Let's let's in that vein. Like let's split off into two sections. A. Ray turns to the dark side. And we get the double turn where Ben Solo comes back to the light. And that's the final show off. Which is like, no. Just, like, it kind of does a little make sense. Because the whole point of... It it would explain how, like, Rey is, like, in The Last Jedi. Where Luke was like, you went straight to the dark. It offered you something. It offered you something you wanted, and you didn't even try to resist. That makes sense. And then the whole thing with Ben is they want him back. I guess that makes, from that standpoint, it makes sense. From every other, like thing, and by the end of that movie, that theory's gone. To me, it's just it's null and void. It doesn't exist anymore. Especially how that movie ends. Um, or you get the crazy idea that I just thought of, um, option two, side B, of Ray turns to the dark side, kills Kylo Ren early, and then she becomes the villain by the end, which is insane, um, but, like, I guess that's one way to end both sides, um, but then the title doesn't make any sense. Or maybe it does. I guess from a certain point of view. Jeez. I overthink things. Anyway. Just. I don't like it. Because there's. Really. Like. That's a. Kind of depressing ending. Of just like. Oh. That's why they won't do it. They'll never do that. No. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think there's a double turn. Make it clear that there's a cliffhanger. And another movie coming. Like. That ends. And then it's like. Ray will be back in Star Wars 10 and it turns out that there's actually 10 movies that end it and it ends on a solid like 10 because it's like it turns out the guy making them has like OCD or something that'd be cool but um unless it's a cliffhanger they can't do it no she and says she doesn't come back yeah okay um option 3 we're out of option 2 we're in option 3 yeah Ray is a clone. Of who? I'll point... I guess... For a practical standpoint... Okay. Um... Let me, let me say this. I, 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 
when I think about this, what if clones are involved and Dark Ray is a clone, but Ray is not a clone? Ray is the original. Then how did they clone Ray her? Was, Ray was just a girl that was they that they had they had they took her blood and they threw on her desert planet hoping she would die, and then they just raised a bunch of rays, but Ray survived. And then she's now she's up against a bunch of other rays. Like, not this little girl would die in the desert. But then, like to me, it's like the for me for her to be a clone is the practical answer to everything she has done up until this point. The way she... No, 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 hear me out. Like, it's the practical answer. It, It explains her, the way she does things. Right? Okay, so like in the sword fight with Kylo Ren, in Force Awakens, her fighting style almost almost exactly mirrored Palpatine. With the constant... I mean, people, no, no, no. People are just saying that because they can. That's just a fan thing that they can do. But it's not implied in the movie. The movie says that she's a good fighter because it shows she's a good fighter with the staff. But they're just... They're, it's just too you identical, can, though. Dude, that's because you have the ability to do that. You, as an audience member, have the ability to go, I'm going to turn on this TV and this TV, and they're going to play both scenes at both times, and I can analyze that. However, if that language is not in the film, if someone in the film doesn't take the time to go, Palpatine used to fight like this, Siths used to fight like this, and and from what I understand, no one's ever really mentioned that to Rey in any of these movies at all or anything like that to this new trilogy of new fans that they want to grab, not people like you, Chris, and certainly not your parents. They're trying to get new people. So if they don't put that new information in there, no one gives a crap about how Palpatine used to fight. They didn't even know Palpatine was coming until now. So that's the the kind of stuff that I don't want you to lean on. Honestly, Rey's a good fighter because she was a good fighter. Now, I would say if your theory should home way more on the fact that she has some sort of connection with Kylo. That's the interesting thing to me. That does that doesn't just seem like forced stuff to me. Maybe she has some connection with him because they came from the same sort of whatever, and the cloning came from the same whatever. But like, just because she fights like Palpatine doesn't mean anything. If you don't put that in the film, then no one cares. Well, it's a theory that's being proposed. Therefore, I must address it. Sure, no, that's fine. But at the same time, I like the idea that she may be a clone. There's, you can totally do that. It's totally open for it. But I want people to be a little bit more smart about it. But, like, here's the thing. Then, the guy, the guy, I, the guy who I followed who was at D23, he thinks that Ray, get this, Mm-hmm. Is an amalgamation of all the best characters in the trilogy. <laughs> okay, so th- for that to work, they would have to do something really scientific called a circle jerk. They'd have to stand and just. <laughs> okay, it's really. We've got. Like that, that's kind of... Okay, hold on. So, like, 
what you could say. Here's the okay. If you really want to dive into the practical sense here, you got Anakin's arm from or any at any point between two and three. Because like oh my god, like oh you got Anakin's Chris. arm from come so on. Let me That's address this. So let me address this. Ray, Ray is the Ray is the amalgamation of all the amputeed body parts of every single person from the movies, including Palpatine. But like, here's the thing: yeah. hear, hear me out. Hear me out. This is my theory. Anakin's arm. Shut up. Shut up. You know this doesn't work. You know this is stupid. You know this is stupid. So you have Anakin's arm from Episode Two, which Palpatine acquired after after him. <laughs> oh my god, this is actually has... Oh my gosh, this is a paper trail. Paper trail, oh my god. No, no, keep, let's keep listening. You have Luke's hand from Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to take this hand and know it's looking yoink. Um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. If they made a robot chicken episode of just him doing that after every one of these being like, I'm just going to take this. Nobody needs this, right? Um, let's be honest. They're gonna do that. <laughs> oh, they should. I'm gonna send I, that to them. They somehow acquired DNA from Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I don't want to know about the somehow, but you know what? It's you and McGregor, and uh, I'll, I'll get it if they need it. <laughs> um, I think he mentioned Yoda, though that doesn't make any sense. I mean, Yoda was, I mean, an old man. He was probably flaking away DNA by the end and I'm a big about it. Probably just walked over to him and he probably just walked over and he was like, and threw poop at him and they were like, got it, cool, we're done. And then Palpatine in there. I hope not. Then you throw Palpatine's DNA in there and then put all those together and you have Ray. That's gross. Um, Which would... Which the only thing it would explain is how she's so powerful. That's it. That is it. I mean, that and also it's Star Wars and just get with it, nerd. But, uh, I mean, other than that, yeah, I see what they're saying. Mary's I like get with it, nerd, clown. It does, to me, it only makes sense from a practical standpoint. But... It has it has way more evidence to back it up than most of the any of the theories. Yes. It's also just not true, but still hilarious. Yes. I love the idea of Palpatine just like with a wheelbarrow and parts being like, I'm going to make a little girl. I'm going to make... And just some parts. But here's my thing. And I thought about this, like, as I got home. Uh-huh. Like, as I got home from work today, um, and before I drifted off in the nap, I'm like, wait a second. I li- literally, I shot up out of my bed right before I'm about to drift off into a nap. I'm like, wait a second. Oh, Order right. 66 is the answer. Huh. So, Order 66 happens, wipes out all the Jedi, right? Except the select few. Yep. Um, he <laughs> has clones, yep. right? That will obey his every command now. Unquestioningly. Yep. Okay, a few. Okay, a few of them, like, didn't follow. But hear me out. Most of them are beta males. Yeah, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so, but then he lets them die out, and he enlists these other people as these clones are dying out. He just phased them out. Mm-hmm. 
He could have had clones that obeyed his every word unquestionably, and he just let them die. So, if we're talking clones here, then you've got Palpatine, who had an army of clones who could do his every bidding, and he just phased them all out to bring in other pe- to enlist other people, either by force or by volunteer. And so, if he doesn't think, if he doesn't want, if he didn't want clones, and certain like outlets have like made it somewhat clear, I forget if it's canon or not, but like he never really liked clones. They were more of just a means to an end for him. Um, yeah, he was a he was Donald Trump. What, what's your point? My point is. Why use a clone now when he had an army of clones at his disposal and he let them all die out? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to bring up two points here. A, uh, if he's going to introduce clones, you can introduce the explanation of them because we've had clones in the series. It's not like we're saying, uh, where's a clone? And here's how I made a clone from scratch. And you're just like, no, there's a planet. There's these clones that could be made. Clones could be made in this world. You just have to explain where he got this clone. So, yeah, you can kind of give it away with it, but you got to do a little bit more heavy lifting than you would really want to. But here's the problem that you're really stating here, Chris, and it's the problem with science fiction and sloppy, uneven storytelling in general. There's a movie called Star Trek Into Darkness. In Star Trek Into Darkness, Khan starts screwing around with the Star Trek crew, and he wants to save the people that is also like him, who are super intelligent, super strong, and he would basically wreck the rest of the human uh, just uh, the universe in general. And it turns out that when they're in the doing this, Kirk dies. Uh, spoiler alert, guys. So, <laughs> Kirk dies. Uh, he, he has this meaningful moment with Spock. Spock beats the bad guys in the end, and it turns out in the process of all this, they find out that the people that they are got for, for uh, Khan are also so magical that they have blood that can heal people who have died. Who have died. <laughs> They have magical, sheer blood from sleeping people that don't wake up unless you press a button. So you have a lot of it, and it will regenerate because they're alive. You have this cure, death-curing blood. They cure Kirk, and then they stop Khan. They put him on the frozen pods, and they put him away, and that's the end of the story. And then they never mention the fact that they have death-curing blood ever again. <laughs> That's my point. You uh, you enter in clones. It's, it's you now. All of a sudden, why don't you have clones later as stormtroopers? Well, you could obviously say that the clones had a time frame, but it also took them forever to grow in the first place. But we also don't know necessarily how long it took them. Probably not the lifespan of a human. They're actually going pretty fast, which means that you have a war where a bunch of those stormtrooper clones are dying, which means they had to replenish the numbers for war. And then also, they probably didn't have any backups from that planet. Maybe the planet and those people decided they weren't going to make any more clones anymore, and all that kind died because they were murdered in their stance to not make any more clones. So there's a lot of reasons you can explain it. But also, they did write themselves in a corner there by saying, now we don't have clones or stormtroopers anymore. Well, maybe that planet doesn't exist because they have planet-blowing-up devices. And they were like, well, screw it. We don't need your clones anymore. We don't even need you. Nobody else will ever have clones. And they blow up that planet. And now they're like, well, we'll just kidnap kids. We'll just kidnap kids, and we'll 
tell people who want money that we'll pay them. And then that's how they became the empire. Yeah. I still don't like it. I don't like clones either. It's probably not. It's probably just a vision or um, ghost stuff that, like, Palpatine is showing to either Rey or Kylo. I could see him showing it to Rey and be like, this is what you can be. You can have this flippy sword. Don't you want the flippy saber? It's really flippy. <laughs> like, I, I get it. It could be either one, but that's the more likely point than... It, it, Ray won't turn bad because Disney's already doesn't know what to do with the series after it. They haven't explained it yet, so I really don't think they're going to turn her bad and then have the next few movies or the next movie being everyone banding together to save Ray. Like that just doesn't seem right to me. Um, if they're going to end it properly, you got to do it logically and simply because you can't just throw robots and clones into the mix because you have to explain that. And this is a two and a half hour movie. You really just kind of have to, you know simplify that stuff I mean as much as I like the second movie it is it really doesn't move a lot of what the universe is along it moves the fight between the resistance and the first order along but it doesn't really get to the universe really well so if you don't really care about these characters and the next one doesn't nail them right then what are you going to do and we already know that they're bringing in more characters so man the more you add sci-fi questions for us to answer in our head the less time you have for us to care about your characters so either you go full hardcore nerdy sci-fi star wars fan from 40 years ago and you dump the characters and just explain every little logical thing or you make it really simple so that you can actually have a story with some characters in it okay then yeah i just don't like the idea of clones and raping the amalgamation of everything. Here's that is hilarious. That is that is so much better than all the other ones. I still think it has a lot of backup to it. That if it actually happened, I would not only would I applaud, I would I I would applaud through the next showing. I would just stand there and applaud through the next movie until they drag me out. The, the next people, the next, the next thing, the next people uh, walking in, they're just like, "What is he applauding for?" Let's go, wait and see. It's coming. Do it at first, right now. <laughs> um, to be my last question for both of you guys, the okay. most important question that a lot of people aren't asking so much is what it means in the story. Why did, why did they show us that now? Get the conversation going. If but, anything else. Why? But I mean, then break that down. Get the conversation going. That's a really striking image. Does that mean it's one of the most shocking images in the movie? But it's also one of the ones that just sort of you can, that is flippant. I mean, it's going to happen. Or is it, like, what was the intention? If it's, if we know that image is going to come in some form, what kind of impact is it going to have on the story? What kind of impact is it going to have on the character? And, that is probably the main reason why I don't think she's turning bad. They're getting people used to the idea of what that image looked like in general and get people talking, sure, but also I think it's their way of being like, yeah, hey, guys, she's not really going to turn bad. Come on. Yeah, it's just... I think it's like... if it's cl It might be classic J.J., of just like this whole mystery box bowl crap. Um, he put a 
they're on a on a desert on a deserted island. So, what what can I tell you? Yeah, he is bizarre. Um, I, I would. So, if the most likely thing is that it's a vision of some sort, dream, vision, whatever, and that just brings down the bigger questions of who's having it. Is it like given to them by somebody? Is it a fear thing? And who's having it and why? It would make sense if it was a fear thing because he's trying because Palpatine. Um, because even Yoda said in Episode One, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. That would make more sense for Kylo. That would make. Good. That was all. That was all I was gonna say. Oh, oh I know. I, I just didn't hear it. As a suffering leads to the dark side. Suffering leads to the dark oh, side. Yes. Gotcha. That would make more sense for Kylo Ren than it would for Rey. So I think Palpatine using that to manipulate Ben into fearing that he may not be like as powerful as he wants wants him to be, and Rey may be more powerful, and make him afraid of Rey and having to kill her before she has the chance to become what he fears she'll become. That would make it sense. Either, it could go either way with him, yeah. Either he's afraid he's going to be like, if you don't kill her, she will kill you eventually. I will corrupt her and she would become this if you don't do what I say. It could go that route. Or... Yeah, like, I think the more interesting person to see it would be Kylo, because you can go either way with him. Ray, it's just like, if you follow me, you'll be this, and you'll get your flippy saber. I think she'd be horrified by that, though. Then, entice. Paper, though. It's my last, that's actually my last question. What do you think of the flippy saber? I think it's a little, I think it's a little funny. A little funny. Kind of like Hawkeye's, uh, flippy... Air, uh, bow. Yeah. But see, even he does, like, an arm thing when he does it. She doesn't seem like she's doing anything. It seems like she just pressed a button and it gets longer. Whereas, like, if she did more, if she was more animated about it, and I don't think that's necessarily her fault. I think that's probably what they were like. Being, to stand there and be ominous. You know, make sure it stays in shot. Like, that's, that would make more sense to me than her being like, I'm gonna be, like, dude, I'm gonna be super still. I think she, uh, <coughs> I think she, uh, <coughs> She may use it for more uh, <clears throat> pleasurable means if she needs to make it longer. Um, oh my gosh, Chris. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> and Chris says he gets anxiety from getting scared. Uh, yes, it would be such a sight if she, you know, didn't really know how to use that lightsaber properly. <laughs> That's my Chewbacca impression. I have to wait four more months for this movie. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing: I think they're doing it well. Um, this is a, we don't know a lot, and they're showing us fun and interesting stuff to talk about. So no, no, no. I'm happy. I'm here's the interesting thing to me. To here's the interesting thing to me: that maybe nothing, but here's the thing. At the last two D23s, or not the last two D23s, the last two D23s where there was a saga movie, or a Star Wars movie, in any way, except Solo, there was 
a behind-the-scenes reel. Not like something we saw today. There's usually a behind-the-scenes reel. I don't know if that means anything, but it's... I just found that odd when I thought about it. Probably spoilers. Uh, apparently yeah, that didn't stop him before. Behind- especially with how well-protected Force Chris, Awakens was. Chris, Chris. The end. The end. Supposedly there true. Was a, hey, guys. Supposedly there was a behind-the-scenes reel. They chose not to release it, though. Da, da, da. If they release it for the Monday Night Football trailer, I'm going to be mad. I think whatever the behind-the-scenes reel was really, really spoilery, and they chose not to go, ex- go on that. Yeah, it sounds like they want to save it. And again, smart. Alright, special circumstance. Okay, I won't think about it then. I just thought, I'm just like, are they trying to hide Chris, something from us? You work at- like, Chris, besides, like, 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 besides the ending. Don't you think it, Chris? Okay. Don't you think about it. Don't you think about it. Alright. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. Don't He's not it. thinking about it. He's thinking about strawberries. I can tell. I'm standing outside his house. I'm glad. Gosh dang it! Get out of my lawn! Oh, I'm sorry. Don't turn on the sprinklers. Uh, I can't uh, do that. They just come on automatically. I can't tell you when those things come on. Oh, guys. This kit was brought to you by Geico. Stop! Oh, I love it. Anyway. Uh, Okay. So, yes. um, I think... I I think Star Wars put it out there for for something to talk about. But honestly, I don't think it has that big of an name. It's like Palpatine. They wouldn't give the Palpatine and her unless... I think Palpatine's gonna be a thing they go for, like, a thing that's gonna be a part of, like, the last part of the movie. But Ray and that image seems like something small, but they seem like talking points. They'll get everybody talking. I agree. And I think they're doing it right. Yep. Alright. <clears throat> Got that all out of our system. For yeah, now. I did. Any, anything for you? Is there anything Mandalorian you want to talk about? It's, it looks awesome. Anything about the world, what you want to see? Anything that you expect to see? Um, this is going to sound corny coming from me, but like, I'm hoping for like a, it's like the Bounty Hunters Guild, that whole kind of thing. Like, I hope they nice. took their notes from John Wick of world building. In this kind of environment. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure this is something they've been waiting to to do for a long time. And this is a show it seems like they've wanted to do for a while. And they've been waiting for the right story, the right director, the right group of people to tell the story. Should the Mandalorian say a word? Yes, and and I'm sure he will say many words. In fact, Chris, if you haven't seen anything Pedro Pascal's ever done... First off, may I point you to Game of Thrones episode Lion and the Viper. Uh, two, uh, he is just a great American actor who's been, I think, Alex, was he in Narcos? He was in a couple episodes of Narcos. He was obviously a, a major part of Game of Thrones. Um, with, uh, anything else you remember? You, you recognize Pedro Pascal from, Alex? No, those are the biggest ones. I'm sure he's probably done the great wall. that probably from his uh, native countries. I don't think he's from America. He's American. Yes. Oh, well then, 
I, I, he's probably news to me. I was doing the same thing when I was looking at some of the people in Rogue Nation, and I was like, I've probably seen him somewhere, and it turns out, no, they were just, like, new around the time they showed up, and Game of Thrones, it was kind of the thing that broke him out. That was his breakout. Yeah, he, uh, oh, no, I lied. He's not an American. He's from Chile. Um, but it seems <laughs> Well, he lives in New York City, so forgive me if I'm incorrect. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, uh, not right to assume that just because someone has an accent that they are not from America. <laughs> yeah. Really, no, no, you laugh at me. Um, so it looks like uh, he spent the vast majority of his career since 2005 in America doing American films. Um, uh, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for an episode. He was in Kingsman the Golden Circle. He was in... in um, couple other smaller things narcos is a big one the sixth gun um it looks like he was in dishonored 2 nope uh the equalizer 2 it seems like he's it seems like he's doing a lot of action movies so if he's become kind of an action guy maybe there'll be a lot of action in mandalorian yeah um Obviously, Chris, I would recommend uh, watch uh, The Lion and the Viper. He's fantastic in it. Uh, that is just... It's also a really fun talking episode that has some action at the end. Honestly, yeah, I think he's very good in Game of Thrones, and I don't see any reason why he would not talk in The Mandalorian eventually. I think the biggest mistake they could... Like, if he doesn't speak in The Mandalorian, then other people have to talk and then it wouldn't necessarily be his show. He would just be the thing on the outskirts of the show, kind of like, um, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? kind of a thing. But yeah. uh, I would say, in this case, I would love if maybe for, like, a whole episode, or two episodes, he didn't say anything, and then eventually he did. And then, like, the point of the show is that you get to know him more as you get to know the world more. Yes. What I want, and I agree with you, I want that opening episode to be actually, like, 40 minutes long, like, the the additional 40 minutes, so whatever that first kind of image we saw of it was, you remember that 20 minutes we got out of it, uh, I think it was at Star Wars Celebration? Yeah. I want uh, the first episode to be that plus whatever the additional 40 minutes of content we didn't get of that, um... And I want, I want him just to walk around for a while, and you just see the armor, and you see him be menacing, you see him do shit. And I think what would be kind of cool, honestly, is if at the very end of that episode, he says his first words, and you realize this is a man, this is someone doing something, and this isn't just a faceless, mindless bounty hunter, basically. Um, and from what I've seen so far of Mandalorian. Um, it seems IG88 is there, and I'm I'm so happy to see that. That's so cool. He's actually IG11, um, not the actual IG88. Oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't know either. Whatever, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Take a watch. Uh, no, it really doesn't. Um, I want. I would love if the last image we saw of that is just him saying his first lines, and I think that would be. So cool! It would be. It would give. It really would give this this lone gunfighter um, vibe that they really are playing off of in this. Is that everyone just says things? He just sits there and does it, and they they say, "Yeah, we know what you do." Blah 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 blah. You take it. 
and he doesn't say anything, he just menacingly does his thing. At the very end, he says something along the lines of, I want my money, or, you know, or here's the here's the bounty, or something, whatever. You know, he's something very simple, very very Star Wars-y that would make I sense. Like, I do like your idea of him saying very little. Maybe it's like a baby driver situation or a, or a uh, Clint Eastwood situation where he, he just doesn't say a lot. He does speak, but he doesn't say a lot. When he does, he means it. Unless, of course, there's karaoke, which I'm assuming there is. It's Star Wars, right? <laughs> yeah. That was in one of the, uh, I believe, the redos of the original trilogy. There was an alien doing singing karaoke, correct? Yes, yes. In the... In, um... Uh, but yeah, I want... I want to see this. I think this show is going to be probably one of the best shows on Disney Plus at the initial... The initial release. Uh, apparently, it's going to... Apparently, shows on Disney Plus are going to be released weekly. That doesn't surprise me, and yeah. I'm very happy that they're going about doing that. Uh, I you don't want the, the weekly release, kind of the episodic nature of it? No, I've always been a fan of binge television and letting the audience choose when they want to. I understand why they do it. We basically just moved from television uh, to streaming services doing it. I knew it was going to happen at some point, but I was always, I'm always a fan of being like storing episodes if I want to. And uh, here's the thing, and I'm not saying it's a terrible thing or that I don't do it when I need to. Like I'm watching shows live right now that I can only watch live, and yeah. I'm, I have to get them week by week, but at the same time, I do love storing them up and just and binging them all at once. That's always been oh my, my God. I just I just saw that Taika Waititi is voicing IG-11, and I can't wait to see him open his mouth, and it's just Korg. <laughs> hey um, it's a wall in the stars. Do you want to go? Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> Free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Hi. Um. Gets chopped in half with a freaking door. All right. Let's. Um. Yeah. That's I, all I you mean, need. honestly, I'm just very guys. We don't know. We don't see. I'm very excited. We know who's the director of the first episode. They they've already confirmed who the first director episode is. It's Snoop Dogg. Um, what? Snoop Dogg. Correct. It is Dave Filoni, written by John Favreau. Got it. Totally wrong. Cool. Um. Taiko Akiti, I think. If I remember correctly, is directing the season finale. Do they list all of the episodes of directors already, or just some of them? Uh, just some of them. They haven't done all of them yet. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, they've listed... Uh, I think they said it was going to be, like, ten episodes. They said how many there is going to be. They just didn't say who was directing what and when. That's what I heard, yeah. Yeah, ten, ten episodes. Mm-hmm. 100 million for 10 episodes. Um, and then the directors are Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rika Fuyama, uh, Deborah Chow, uh, and then uh, Dave Filoni is going to do a few episodes too. Okay, so uh, Chris, can I ask you something? Go. Just because I, I can't remember. As long as I can't remember. We've done just about every single Star Wars thing on here, right? Every single Star Wars movie we have done. Even Solo. Did we Even Solo. Solo. I don't remember. We, no, we did we do did. Solo, but we did not commit an entire episode to it. That is my question. Did we commit an entire episode to Solo? No, we I don't not. think we did. We did not. Now, now, here's the thing. I'm not saying we do automatically, but 
is there a time that you think you'd want to go back and do it? And if you would want to go back and do it, I'm totally in. So, like, when do you think is like a re a good time to reevaluate that? Solo? Yes. I've only ever seen that movie once. Um, I've only like a half of it. I've seen all of it. I honestly don't know. I'll have to think about that, actually. Because I'm thinking either A, just on its own, in these terms, but then, like, when you watch the whole series chronologically again, are you going to, like, is that, would that have to be the next time you do it? Um... That'd probably be the next time I do it. Honestly, okay. if I was gonna go back and do that again, because I know these movies back and forth. Do um, you, Chris? Do I you? do. Darn it. That Priscilla. Except, no, Chris. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Like, I've only ever seen that movie once. Somebody asked me. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. I've only ever seen Solo once. Okay. This is how crazy of a Star Wars fan I am. I've only ever seen Solo once. Thought it was alright. And, like, it came out at the wrong time. Um, I think you're a great Star Wars fan, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, Presentation of a Star Wars fan, absolutely. But, like, somebody like asked nerdy, me, one like of my friends... Stuff and you're all for the new stuff. Yeah. One of my friends asked me, hey, who is that Snow? worm lady from Solo? I'm like... Oh, Lady Proxima. Amelia. Like, where did I get that from? You mean Amelia? Like, where did Park? I get that from? Oh, no, 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 the worm lady. Not the lady who's... Wait a second, what? Yeah, the cock doesn't look like a worm. Oh. I don't know. Dragon lady. Lady of dragons. Mother of worms. Wait. That doesn't come out wrong. Alex, which half so, of that movie did you see? Okay, yeah. So let me say this. You Okay, so you really love Star Wars. I, I absolutely appreciate the fact that in one viewing, you would still remember all that stuff because you love this stuff. That, Which is that, crazy. Not, I don't want to deal with that at all. So that is true. I do believe that. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, just, I, I was wondering whether that was the only film of the entire franchise that we had not fully dedicated an entire episode to. I think, yeah, the, I think it is. Like, we just mentioned Outside it. The there, is, there is one more that we haven't done. Okay, can we just, I like, said it all not I said right it, now? So I said it already, so stop it. Jump's over. You did it, you did it off air, so you already spent that coin. Um, um, here's what I would say. Um, what, when, is the, when, when is the next time you assume... That were Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is when the next is when the final trailer should for Episode Nine should show up. The first trailer is Monday Night Football. That's when that's if they're if we're repeating the pattern, then that's usually when they do it. They even did it for Rogue One. I agree. That's a good time. Yeah, everyone. A lot of people are going to be watching. It's Disney's network. It's. You know. So, yeah. When is Monday Night Football? Hmm? When is Monday Night Football? Uh, on Mondays. I mean, when does it start, smart guy? <laughs> um, Don't usually the trailer would air in October. Yeah, to come in that app. Huh? 
Nothing. Okay. Um, usually the trailer would air in, in an October game, so let's see here. Let's do let's do some oh, research so to saying, the other you're kids. Saying any, you're saying any Monday Night Football, not necessarily the first premiere Monday Night Football. Oh, hold on, let me see. That's what I'm suggesting. I'm, that's, I'm like, if you're thinking the trailer is going to happen on a Monday Night Football, okay, that's cool. But you don't have a specific date. That, that's what I was looking for. If you have like a okay. date of an idea of when like next new footage would be. I am looking. Okay, it could air um, either on October 7th, 14th, 21st, or the 28th. That's when football season starts? Okay, the first Monday Night Football game is a doubleheader, actually. It's two games uh, on September 9th. But you're saying press... Precedent for other Star Wars material is in October. Yes. Okay. They're going to follow the that. pattern. It's going to happen in October. All right. Sure for me, it's either going to be the 14th or the 21st because those are two divisional matchups. So, yeah. Whichever right. one has the most eyes on it, or whichever one they think they will have the most eyes on it. That's about three months beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I gotta wait for a month. I gotta wait. Yeah, but dude, come on. Guess what I saw? Uh, John Wick 3. You finally saw John Wick 3! Okay. I saw John Wick 3. Did you understand where I was coming from when I said what I said about it? Could you say it again? That they're focusing more on the world than they are the character. And it's kind Um, of a detriment. Okay, so actually... I do do see where you're coming from with that. I don't know if that's necessarily what the problem is. I know that... I, I know that the world is part of it. Like, I... I was watching it, and I, and I was thinking, okay, so we're at the part where they're having the knife fight in the hallway of Latin. Which is and great. they start, like, which is great, but they start, like, it's, this turns from, like, a John Wick fight to, like, now they're, like, throwing knives at each other at a ridiculous pace in a way that is just, like, hilarious. Like, people are, like, there's knives in people like pincushions. It's hilarious, but it's also ridiculous. And I was kind of like, okay, this is a little ridiculous. I like it. I love it. But I can start to see what people were talking about. And then it started getting further and further into it. And I was like, okay, now you're starting to mirror him with Halle Berry. Cool, I get it. Like, that's awesome. She's, you know, going through the same thing. It works in a certain extent. But then... Then... uh, I was getting the thematics. I was seeing a lot of the stuff that I was liking. But I was wondering where it was going. And then Keanu Reeves kneels down to the guys in Game of Thrones. Dang it. You ran out of ideas, didn't you? <laughs> because everyone knows when Marvel created the Eternals and Thanos and the, uh, you know, the embodiment of the universe and the Watchers and all this stuff, they went too far. And when they went too far, they needed to fix it. And who did they create? The one above all. And that's who I thought in my head. I was like, oh, God, no. The one above all. And then he gives him an interesting 
an interesting quandary. He gives like he gives uh, John Wick an interesting question like kill your friend and stay this, and then it's, and then they make a raid like stand at the hotel. All of that is fine. Um, I didn't. And here's the thing: as I was watching it, I was seeing the way they were framing and showing Winston, and I was kind of like, okay, this is interesting. I don't know if I necessarily, you know, something's up with Winston. And then the ending happened, and that's fine. Um, I don't like the ending. I think it's, I think the fact that it's just a sequel bait kind of sucks. That's that's kind of my problem. Because here's the other here's the other half of the movie. It's not so much world building. It's that a big chunk of the movie is that buzz-haired chick from Billions, who's great, by the way. I just don't remember her name. She, her walking around, going from person to person, being like, "You helped John Wick. I'm going to punish you. You helped John Wick. I'm going to punish you. Did you help John Wick? I'm going to punish you. You spit in my coffee. I'm going to punish you." Like that's all she did, and then she didn't even get punished at the end of the movie. There's no real villain. Winston just kind of like does something at the end that sucks, and it's like. It's a really aimless movie, more than anything. Like, the world building is not the problem. It's that there's no real story at all. That's kind of what my problem was. There's no story and there's no ending. Outside of that, I really loved it. He killed a man with a book. Dude, he killed... Dude, he broke his jaw. And then he killed a man with a book. (laughs) With the same book. (laughs) He broke his jaw with Dude, a book by shoving it in his mouth so far. <laughs> Fat four people are bitten in the balls by a dog. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I thought the movie was fun. If you, like, it was inventive. There was a lot of great moments. I loved the raid guys showing up. I loved the fight. All of it was great, but it was flimsy at best as a story. And if you love the world of John Wick, you're supposed to love this movie. Because it's not that they just do too much of the world is that it's nothing but the world and no story there's no story to it the second one I still think is the best the first one doesn't have a satisfying ending the shooting of the son isn't really that satisfying and the fight with the father isn't that satisfying either the second one is satisfying beginning to end as the Italian guy shows up when you think everything's done he forces him back in you get to see John do his job and you get to see him kill the guy and there's consequences that make you feel cool but there's a beginning and a middle and an end to that story that's not the case here and it really kind of bothered me a little bit um, but I'm totally in for more like I have no problem with that but and maybe that's my fault for saying I want a trilogy and I expected a trilogy and this film shouldn't have had a bait and switch ending or a cliffhanger ending but in my opinion the cliffhanger ending is not the problem it's that there really isn't a story it, it's flimsy at best yeah <clears throat> when I was watching I'm maybe like, I need to watch it but I, that's where I come from yeah it was just like where are they going with this I'm just like when he goes to the the one above the one who sits above the table and like and then they, he makes the decision to come back into the fold and kill Winston to get his life back. Then he goes back on it. And it's just like... like I mean, I get, the Winston thing was fine with me. The way they framed him, the way they talked about him, the way that he sat there while they just shot up the hotel and he just drank his... He just didn't seem like he cared. 
and he just, you know, he cared more about his hotel. It didn't, I think they wanted to portray the possibility that he was like, I'm sitting here waiting for my death by my friends, but like, he's not looking at them lovingly. He's not being like, here, have this. He's not helping at all. He's just sitting there drinking, and it's like, Winston's kind of a douche. And then he does it, and I'm like, okay, Winston's kind of a douche. Got it. Sweet. He got to this point. He got all this power for a reason. Like, he walked on some people's backs to get there. It's totally plausible. I have no problem with that. But, uh, it's the, I don't know. Just, it doesn't feel like an ending that's satisfying to me. Like, Halle Berry leaves for the film. The guy who gets bitten, like, they save his life for what for whatever reason. You have this hitman squad, and they're the real bad guys of the movie. They're the real people that he's fighting. But, you know, the guy likes him a lot. He's a huge man. And the other two guys, he lets live because he respects them. So what the hell are you doing, movie? It's like the Ant-Man and Wasp of John Wick movies. Um, did you know the raid guys were in the movie going in? You, I remember us doing an episode where you mentioned it, and you guys were, like, pulling me around and stuff, but I didn't figure it out. Um, until the next day when I was looking at the cast, and then I completely forgot. And I completely forgot that they were in it. I completely forgot that they were an element of it that I was looking forward to. It just showed up for free on one of our streaming services, and my dad and I were like, ooh, let's watch it. And we did. And then they showed up, and I was like, ooh, and then there was a whole squad of guys that I liked, and I was like, ooh, and then that hand-to-hand fight happens with the two bad guys of the two rape movies, and I was like, awesome! And then we watched a little bit of the raid afterwards, and my dad was like, eh, it's okay. And I was like, you're dumb. So, it was great. <laughs> All right, I gotta get going, guys. All right, good night. Good night, Zach. Good night, Zach. <laughs> that was a heck of a segue into John Wick, too. <laughs> I, I, I just thought of it in the moment, and I was like, I gotta put it in there. All right, speaking of very solid action films... Um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. This was a lot of fun. This was was. so much fun. It really was. I love the opera scene. I love that it just sort of jumps into the beginning of a a mission the way other ones have. Yeah. I love that, like, my favorite thing about he had come out, he had already done Edge of Tomorrow and Oblivion. And was already starting to be like, Christopher McGuire and Doug Lyman, you guys are my guys. We're going to start making movies together. And this is where, like, his, like, the last 10 years of his career have been having the upward trajectory. But what I love the most about this movie is it's visual. It's all, like, there are just long stretches where there is no dialogue. Yep. The opera scene, the motorcycle chase, the underwater piece. I loved it. I remember seeing this in a movie theater. It was in Letterbox. I I was like, why does that have to be in Letterbox in a movie theater? Um, (laughs) And it was just like, I think the the scene that got people the most was the... uh, was the whole... I think the, the, the scene that got the most reaction was the underwater scene. I just remember people just people just be like oh, the whole time. It was just it like, is a great centerpiece. It really is. And then everything after that is just insanity. 
He's like the whole motorcycle chase is just crazy. So the, I, I, I when I was done with everything, I really loved it. But then I had to ask myself, which one do you think is better, Ghost Protocol or this? Oh, Rogue Nation. Okay, talk me off a ledge. <laughs> you think Ghost Protocol is better? Okay, so. I'm I'm on the fence because when this came out, I was like Rogue Nation, Rogue Nation all the way. And it wasn't just that I was a McGuire fanboy already because of Way of the Gun and all that. Um, I really, honestly loved the opera scene, and I honestly loved the underwater scene because the underwater scene, what suffers from it being the centerpiece of its movie, is that it's partly CGI. You can tell. Now yeah. it like. The only reason that's the case is because of the swinging arms and all these other things and the moving camera and all that. And that's I'm going to come back to this when we do the next movie, by the way. Okay. Um, but uh, you can tell a little bit of CGI. But the scene is driven by storytelling. He drops the thing. He loses the thing. He's running out of breath. He almost makes it. She comes down, drags him away. But with the other one, with Brad Bird's, he's just on a building. That's one of the scariest things about it. There's a lot of things about that scene that just works simply because he's actually doing it. And then there's the other things of the rhythm that adds on to why I think that's a little bit better. Because this is the other thing. Rogue Nation has amazing set pieces. But I don't know if it has the best character stuff. Whereas those Protocol had really good character stuff, really good team stuff, right off the bat. And this one falters, and I don't think the problem is necessarily good. They both went through the same production process where McGuire stepped in, he's like, great, what do we do? Where's the script? And he's like, no script, here's some set pieces. And he's like, poop, okay. And he had to just dump in with his, you know, pants soaked. He just did it. And I think what hurts here is Tom Cruise and the team don't get together till way past the second half of the movie. In Ghost Protocol, they're a team and they're a team all the way. They break them out of prison and then they go on a mission then they have to go on their own and then they succeed on their own. They even have a little bit of a conflict but they band together and they achieve it together as a team. I think Ghost Protocol might be the best Mission Impossible movie but maybe Rogue Nation is the better movie because most of it is driven with, I'm going to be honest here, Spielbergian level action set pieces. When he's at the opera and he stands up and the other guy stands bigger than him, that's Raiders. Yep. When he's when he when she is running away from bullets at the gun chase near the end, um, and then it kind of pans up with her and there's a building on the side and then it stays there for a second and then you see the window get into focus and then he jumps out the window all in one shot. That's Spielberg. Jurassic Park Lost World with the Velociraptors. He's, he's nailing it, I think, pretty well here. And to be honest, I watched a little bit of Fallout after Rogue Nation just for fun, and I think it's even sharper there. So, the biggest question may end up being, is Ghost Protocol the first movie or Fallout the best Mission Impossible movies? Or which one is the best action movie? I think Rogue Nation is the better action movie sometimes, but n- not always. 
Like, I'm still confused, man. What am I going to do? Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to analyze this as best I can here. I freaking love Fallout. We're not there yet. I know we're not there yet. But here's what I'm going to say. Head out there, because I want you to go ham next week. That's your time to go ham. Yes. And I'm probably going to, like, I need to watch it again, because watching it this hour, I was still seeing some of, I watched an hour of it, and I was still seeing some of the things that I didn't like, but I was really loving the things I loved the last time. So, so I, I can't wait for next week. Yeah. So, the dilemma here, if I get this right, is between Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, what's the better Mission Impossible film? Or what's the better movie and which one is just the one that's going to go into your ranking at the end? I'm not saying you need to answer those now, but those are my questions, like, is the better action movie what makes it the better movie in the series? Or is it the better Mission Impossible aspect that makes it the Mission Impossible series? Because here's the thing. McGuire being the director now, and the way that these movies are going now, they're starting to actually uh, embrace the idea that they're a franchise. They're starting to embrace the ideas and bring things in. Like, it, 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 McGuire is starting to make it a Fast and Furious family now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm starting to see. Like at the end of the day, when uh, seven and eight come out contractually, what is it going to start being? Is it going to be now that Rogue Nation becomes the better Mission Possible movie because that's when Elsa and all them show up? That's when McGuire shows up, or will it always be? I, I really like how Ghost Protocol balances its set pieces and its character stuff. Where, whereas I think this is just Rogue Nation is just like solid set piece driven. The other stuff can, you know, kind of go by the wayside. Now, that's the way I describe The Raid 2. People are like, what's The Raid 2? I'm like, it's The Departed, but with the best action scenes ever. If you don't want to pay attention when the action scenes aren't going, go ahead. It's a great movie in there, but you don't have to. It's the action scenes. Watch the action scenes. That's Fallout for me right now. When I watch Fallout, I'm like, you know what? This story is kind of confusing, and I don't care that much. I just wait till the next action scene. Because right before they do the bathroom fight, I was getting hyped because I knew it was coming. That's a great action movie. When you don't care about anything except the hype that comes to the moment you really love. Whereas Ghost Protocol, I like the characters. I care about what they're doing and I care about the story and then the action happens. Rogue Nation is like on that cusp. I like Ilsa and I like the fact that people have come back but like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know! I think... For me personally, I think... I think if we're talking about the idea of Mission Impossible, I think Rogue Nation's the better Mission Impossible movie. Just because, like... If you absolutely think about it, what they're doing in Rogue Nation should actually be impossible. Like, interesting. It's just, and then in like when I think about, I think Ghost Protocol 
in a technical standpoint, might be the. I think like the way it's the way that Rogue Nation is set up, makes it the better Mission Impossible movie. I just think like. Ghost Protocol. Structurally. In like the in like the script might be, the better action film. If I'm picking between the two, which when we get to Fallout, we'll go back and talk about this whole franchise as a whole. But if I'm picking between the two, I think that's where I'm at, because it's like because okay. when I look at Ghost Protocol, like the whole um um. The whole Dubai scene is like gotcha. probably the most impossible in that uh, to that standard uh-huh. in that whole to the standard that the franchise had set itself. I think that's like the most impossible thing in that whole movie. Um, but in Rogue Nation, it's like every step. That they take. Every move they make. Every move they make should be an impossible move to make, and yet they make it. I think that's that's kind of like why I like Mission Impossible. They make the improbable, and then they, and then there's the tension there. I just think Ghost Protocol. When I think about it, it's just like it's a great action movie, but I never got like the Mission Impossible vibe from it. And then, and then I watch Rogue Nation, and I'm like, okay, this is... I think this is Mission Impossible. Because none of this stuff should be happening. <laughs> yet they're making it work. So, this breeds a new question, then. What is... What is Mission Impossible to you? Because neither one of us watched the show. I've never seen an episode nope. of the show before. Nope. I... I but I think it, a lot of it has to do with when we started with the series to a certain extent, but also what we enjoy now, because obviously what we enjoy now is still different than like the third one. Yeah. But what is mission, what is well, the idea of Mission Impossible to you? Is it just Tom Cruise goes out and is an action star? Is it Tom Cruise is the leader of a team, like a CSI episode, but it's you know, more cinematic? Is it Tom Cruise used to be married and used to be a spy? Because there's some things in this, that, as I was watching, I was like, Interesting point, because when Ilsa sits down with him, and she goes, run away with me. Let's just run away. And he's like, well, what about the bad guy? And she's like, there's uh, there's other bad guys. Something he's heard before, by the way, in the third movie. But she's like, there's other bad guys. Let's just get out of here. Like, it's not our problem anymore. We, We paid our debt. Let's go. And it reminded me a lot of the third guy turning and doing the same thing. And it reminded me a lot of the the mentor that he had in the first movie. A mentor who threw everything away, who spies away, for money and a life that he thought that he earned that was never going to be given to him by the government. And then he sits there and he hears it again. He sees it again. And he he just, he can't. He just can't do it. He's, he just doesn't want to deal with that. And he's like, tell me, tell me what your boss wants. I just love that. That aspect is one way that you can look at this series. And for me, like, I, I like to look at it as the Ethan Hunt story, and it tur- it is turning into that. It looks like it is turning into that, but I really liked the way he that 
the, every person on the team in the fourth movie had a journey and an arc and a story. Every single person did. As well as the set pieces being thrilling. In this movie, it's all go, go, go. We have things to do and a mission to go for. But they don't really ever take a second. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they aren't together. It takes forever before it's him and Benji. And then it's the middle of the movie by the time that opera set piece ends. And then it's the next set piece, uh, the middle of the next sex piece before <laughs> sex piece. Hey, you remember that sex piece between Brant and Luther? It was great. Uh, <laughs> it's late at night. Um, point. They show up later. Um, me and my big mouth. Uh, that, that's my thing, though. The, the fact that they don't—they aren't really a team. It becomes the Ethan Hunt show again. And to be honest, that's when I—I I really kind of check out when it's just him. I like seeing Ethan bounce off other people. And that's also something that they bring up in this movie that they—they they really bang on more in the next one, which is that a Ethan can't do everything on his own, and b he's a gambler. And that's what Solomon says. He's like, he's a gambler. One day he's gonna, you know, he's gonna roll snake eyes, and the world's gonna be punished for it. Kind of true. He needs a team. Um, <clears throat> I don't disagree, but something I, I picked coming. Something I picked up. A while back is like, um, it's like in a TV show, kind of like similar to Lost, I guess. But this, Lost wasn't their example. It was like, um, some weird abstract cartoon. Um, cool. And it was like, they used it as an example of, once you establish your character, you can do whatever you want with it, and people are behind you. And to a certain extent, to a certain extent, yeah. But like, to me, I can follow Ethan Hunt. Like, if it was just Ethan Hunt, I'd be fine. Like, like I when for me, like, I'm glad they're there, and I do see your problems. Like, I'm glad they're there. But I don't have a problem with the role they play in these movies at some points. Like, if they take a lesser role, I'm fine with it. Um, well, I mean, let me ask you this. And, I'm, and I don't... I, I just want you to understand I necessarily agree with, but wouldn't, wouldn't it suck if you were watching the Star Wars movies okay. and it was really about Luke and Obi-Wan, but you really didn't get much from Han. Like, the actor who played Han really wasn't that charming. And Chewbacca wasn't a big furry dude. He was just some guy named Chewie. And the princess was, you know, just off in the prison the entire time. And Darth Vader was just some guy in a chair who didn't do much. Like, if, if these elements that were there that really didn't develop who the characters were, would you still be into the story all the way through? And maybe some would be. And they'd still like the movie that way. I guess that would. That's, I guess that would be Flash Gordon, actually. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on interesting characters other than Flash makes sense. Okay, <laughs> you would enjoy that, or um, you get Star Wars, where every, like Han Solo's like a 
really cool dude, and the wizard guy's awesome. Like, everyone is a character who, like, feels something and it's an adventure, but eventually they get arcs throughout the movies. Eventually, Han Solo and Leia fall in love, and eventually Luke becomes a Jedi, and their arcs become important after a while. If you keep losing people in these movies, but then some of them start to stick, and then the people that stick around don't really get the same kind of growth as him, sometimes it can be detrimental. For me. Not everybody. And that's where the set pieces come in. Like, as much as I think it kind of sucks that we don't get, like, a moment where, uh, like, because, like, in the fourth one, Benji's trying to be a field agent, and he achieves his ability to be a field agent by the end. The girl is, the woman, is trying to get over... Um, the grief of losing her lover while at the same time trying to get back into the game of being uh, a good agent. Tom Cruise is trying to deal with um, the problems that came from leaving his wife. Uh, Brant is trying to deal with the fact that he had problems with um, a a past mission and now he's dealing with Tom Cruise and now it turns out that everything's fine in the end. Like Everyone has a, a beginning and a middle and an end. It's not really the case here and... I feel like that's detrimental. I don't know. I don't know if that necessarily even makes it a bad movie, more so than a bad Mission Impossible movie. But you know me, I love McGuarrie. And, like, I, I really just, just him going into that record shop and when you're listening to the thing and you expect it to be what it's been for the last four movies and it's like, no, we are the syndicate. And no, uh, you're screwed. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, dude. And then just shoots that chick in front of him. Like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty good subversion of expectations. I know Star Wars fans hate that term. Screw them. It's a st- yeah. it's still a, a, it can still work when it works. Yeah, but um, yeah. I, for me, it's like doesn't really like. Okay, I, it's like, oh, man, he posed that question. It's like, oh, man, I got to think about that. I guess if we're talking about those levels of, like, oops. Uh, if we're talking about those levels of, um, like, if it was just focused on Luke and Obi-Wan, and everybody else either wasn't as charming or didn't wasn't as developed, and we still had those movies, I guess, yes, that would be a problem. It uh, would be less interesting. It would be point. less interesting. I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing whether one's a D or one's an A. I'm arguing whether one's an A or one's an A-. Like, that's, what, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Because they're both really good. Yeah. They're both great. They're bo- it's yeah, they're both like great. What, what, it's a, what elevates one above the other. What made Brad Bird succeed in an environment where he had no script and every opportunity to do what he wanted with the all the money in the world, the biggest movie star in the world, and a few set pieces that he could really just work, work outside, from the inside out. And McGreary had the same thing. And it's because Brad Bird had years in animation to be very specific and detailed about imagery, or is it because McGuire just, you know, was getting his feet wet? He'd only made two other movies and had mostly been a writer from that point on. 
like I'm willing to forgive the fact that McGuire is stumbling a little bit because again I watched an hour of Fallout after this and he is so much sharper. He's so much more sharp in that. Right, grammatically. That is a tough dilemma to be in. I oh man. Exactly. Um, so like I I really respect what both of them are able to do and especially when again watching this like the the every everything that happens in that underwater scene builds builds and builds and builds to more and more drama to a release of, and then next thing you know you're back in a car chase and it reminds me a lot of the middle one but that that was my other question the the heist of the underwater thing to the car chase in um what is it Casablanca the Morocco, Morocco yeah Morocco. So okay, so you go from the underwater heist to the car chase in Morocco. How would you compare that from the building scale and heist to the Dubai sandstorm chase? Because they're both. I feel like he's like. I loved how he did that in the fourth movie. I want to do that here. I think the underwater scene is a little more tense than Three. the Burj Khalifa scene. Um, this is because more stuff is moving, and like there's more pressure into it. Um, and then the car chase, I think is, I think if we're comparing the two sequences that you've described, I think honestly, I have to say Rogue Nation did it better. It's just okay. I just think like I just thought I just saw it as more intense. I think like McCoy did a good job of like just I think I think it's better constructed. A sand like the sandstorm is just crazy. Is a crazy idea, and it, and it was a little GI over a car chase. Yeah, it was a bit chaotic. I think the yeah, I think the car chase in Rogue Nation was a little was more focused and like um, intense, and it was That's shot that way too. It's just like <laughs> plus it's funny because he literally was just clinically dead. <laughs> he was clinically Actually, dead. Actually, yeah. <laughs> right humor, before. Humor just everything else, and then they bump into Brant and Luther. Yeah, it's like hey. <laughs> they they wave and then they go. <laughs> um, I agree. A lot of plate spinning here that work. Yeah. I, I think also it, think that they have a yeah. better villain in this movie. Oh, I was just about to say. I think Sean Harris is a better villain than Michael Nyquist. I love Michael Nyquist. He was great in John Wick, but I think Sean Harris did a better job in this movie and in the next movie. Yes, I feel like in the last movie the bad guy is meant to be mysterious and his plan's meant to be simple because it's all about the team. In this movie, the bad guy is on par with uh, Ethan Hunt. Like they're they're on the same level as each other. I would say they just they meet their match. That's what they say a lot. And also, this is a character that apparently came from the TV series as well as the Syndicate in general. So uh, they had some like stuff to work with him. But uh, honestly, I just love the fact that you. 
it's not just the things he does, but it's he does even take moments to explain himself. Like you get a lot of time with him, the kind of time you didn't get with the last guy, or the guy before that, or the guy before that. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman makes an impression. He, he right away he's like, this guy's an evil like bastard who doesn't care whether he kicks a frog or a dog or a little girl. Like he just he doesn't care anything in his way. He will just destroy and in the first movie the first movie is meant to be really complicated it's meant to be like the guy from the show and he was his mentor and all this stuff and even though you know it's him right away you're supposed to still feel bad and is his wife in on it or can i have sex with her it's all very confusing <laughs> so. uh, ultimately uh, and then the second guy is literally meant to be like the british version of ethan hunt and they even make it so that he explains his plan as Ethan Hunt is explaining it at the same time. But honestly, that, yeah, that guy sucked. Uh, he was creepy and weird. And he was basically, a, he was just a, a creepy, weird British Ethan Hunt. They didn't even try to make him the equal. They just copied him yeah. and Xeroxed him and, and put a different actor in there. Solomon, I actually think, is a match to Ethan. Yes. Um... Like, it's just as often as, like, he, like, I think the opera scene proved, like, that he was Ethan's equal. Like, even though they didn't manage to snipe the Austrian chancellor, um, like, as they intended to, um, they just, like, he literally planned for every contingency, and... Just blew him up in his car instead. This is like, cause, just in case, or he already knew it wouldn't happen. Um, and like, oh man. So, and the whole, I feel like the perform, like, I guess it's not fair to say the performance is better because I feel like Sean Harris has given more than any of the other villains. Really? So far, I think him and Philip Seymour Hoffman are the most um, charismatic. I think John Voight is the most interesting. Um, and the second guy is just very bland, which is very sad. And, and the fourth guy is meant to be a blank. He's meant to be forgettable. I feel bad that he is forgettable, as forgettable as he is. But um, he is a blank to me. Um. Here's the thing. I do agree that Solomon is very smart. I do agree the performance is great. But here is my biggest question of all: If you were Solomon, would you have trusted Ilsa as long as you did? Gosh, no. I honestly would not have. Did I mean was he using her to get to Ethan? And if that was the case. I, I don't know. Why did he let her live after a certain point? After she went to MI6? Did he know that she worked for MI6? There's some. There's a few holes that I have about his relationship between him and Ilsa. But I don't know if he's like Lex Luthor, Batman v Superman smart, where he knows everything even that wasn't in the script, or um, if it's something else here that I'm just not recognizing. Um, 
I think he was you. I think since the movie doesn't really address it, we have to go off of what we're shown. And I think that he was he kept Ilsa for as long as he did because he knew at that point his plan kind of changed a little bit. And he was going to use Ethan instead because Ilsa wasn't getting the job done. So he's going to use Ethan's feelings for Ilsa and his own team, apparently, because Ilsa wasn't enough, um, to um, have him do his dirty work instead of Ilsa. Now, did he yeah. know... That she was working for MI6? Probably. Um, they knew that... Um, oh, dang it. With as smart as he is, I can't shake the feeling that he did know. I just don't know what he would do with that if he did. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if he takes that same... If she got a hold of that information, gave it to MI6. And now MI6 has it. But it doesn't really matter because he had it anyway or was supposed to have it anyway. I'm a little confused as to whether or not she was supposed to survive past that point. Like, if she if she was supposed to re recruit Ethan Hunt and uh, screw him over and take it from him after that happened so that she could take it to MI6, what was the contingency there? She screamed. Obviously, she used her motorcycle to knock down all the other guys that were going to be following her. And she they killed them all, and she got to escape on her own. But did he know that she worked for MI6 before then? I don't think so. At that, like, before Morocco? I don't think so. Okay. He wasn't that smart. But I... You're stuck in a box, Solomon. Yeah. He's stuck in a box now. Um... So what What was your favorite moment? What was your favorite scene? Uh, the, uh, the, dinner, the dinner table with Benji with a bomb strapped to his chest. Really? Um... It's just like, I just, for some reason, I just, it's my personal favorite, it's probably not the best, but it's my personal favorite because it's like, Ethan finally understands that he has met his match, and he goes ahead and memorizes the entire disc that they're after <laughs> And so he <clears throat> he uh and then he for then it's like I just like this back and forth. It's just like you it's just like he knows he has the upper hand and then he throws the bombshell of just like I'll give you fifty million dollars to let Benji go. Writes down the number from memory. Boom. He gives it to him. And then 
and he has it. He's like, you want the disc? You're looking at it. I am the disc. I memorized that whole thing. Now, how is now? How are you gonna now? How are you gonna do this? You probably think it's just a bluff, but you, there's only there's only really one way to find out, and that's to let me live, and to let Benji go, because now I have the cards, and that forces him to go. And it's like, oh man, this whole movie, he has been pushing Ethan Hunt to make like to just go, 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 making these impossible feats, and all of a sudden the tables are flipped on him, and just the best. I just love how McQuarrie writes dialogue for these movies. I just love it. Like, that's my kind of dialogue right there. And just, I do love that scene, too. I also love the fact that Solomon's like, he's a gambler. And if they're equals, Cruz was like, I'm just going to put him in a gambling situation. Does he like his odds? He's all about, if he's all about odds, I'm going to put him in that situation where he has to go with his guy. He has to. No other choice. Like, and he does. And he literally, t- I just like, I just like how Chris perform. I just like how Tom Cruise performed it. He's just like, I'm just like, you want the dish, you're gonna have to beat it out of me. And I'll let Benji yep. go. I just like, ugh, ugh. I like that too. Just, ugh, just. I don't know what it is about that table, with that uh, dinner table scene. It's just, ugh, beautiful. My kind of dialogue. I. Really like the opera scene. The opera scene was great. I will admit that. <laughs> that is the thing that won me over first when I first saw it. But I feel like maybe you're right about the underwater scene. Because that is a lot of... That's just a lot of fun. Like, things are always in motion. You're always... Like, every time he does something like this, he makes it out. And this time, if Elsa wasn't there, then it never would have happened. Like also the thing about the op- the opera scene too, it's like when he finally did ah! that guy, and he finally has the rifle. Then he figures out, okay, there's a dude in the light booth, and then there's Ilsa in the uh, in the set over there. Yep. They're both pointing at the same guy. What do you do if one doesn't kill him? Then like if one doesn't kill, if one doesn't kill him, the other will. So like, do you oh, shoot? Hot shot. <laughs> You're at the opera. There's a shopman on the other side. There's a gunman on the other side, and there's a woman with nice legs over there who also has a gun. What do you do? You shoot the hostage. <laughs> shoot the hostage. Exactly. That was like that was like the most insane thing. Like I hardly like I like I remember parts of the I remembered parts of the opera scene before I went in. I'm just like, I mean, I forgot how that played out. Then I see it here. I'm just like, that was freaking brilliant. I'm just like, you would never think to shoot the hostage. And then he does. Yep. And then they make the they make the they make the bold escape. They get away, and then the guy blows up, and you're like No. It's amazing. Just God, I love McCory. Ugh. There's a lot of other little things that I love about this, too. I like um, the way Benji has that speech at the lie detector, but I also like the way he flirted with her beforehand. <laughs> I like the, the way that Luther has his moment with Brant beforehand, too. Like, each one of them... Okay, so each one of them don't have arcs, but they do have... Each actor does have a moment where they speak about Ethan. Or just get to a moment to act. 
Like when he's in the that room and he says that they're not friends, that's a great moment in a monologue for Simon Pegg. When Luther's looking in front of Brad and he's like, if I don't trust you, man, like I'm going to go home and kill your family. Okay, he doesn't say that, but it's, it's implied. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a great speech, and, and he and Luther's pretty good. They all have that moment. Um, so mm. I'll, I'll at least give the movie that. Mm. It's, yeah, it's the little... it. Also, I do appreciate the little things. It's just like, I'm going to put you in a box. It's the things that I remember. It's the small things I remember about the way the gun more than anything else. And it's the same thing here. The set pieces are great, but it's like, it's when, it's the fact that the gate that they're walking on, the lighting grid, keeps going up and down when they're fighting. So Tom Cruise is like, oh, you just cut it out. What are you doing here? Like, that <laughs> stuff is pretty fun. You don't have to have it, but it's great. I also love, um, uh, the, the Benji's reactions when they're driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when he wakes up. Oh, look out! <laughs> there is good humor sprinkled throughout. <sighs> oh, man. It just reminds me of like, it just reminds me of the hallway scene from the last movie where he just sticks in front of the camera with big ass. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> oh man, just those. And how? Go ahead. Uh, well, I was trying to remember another moment, but no, never mind. I lost it. Dang it. Um. Like, oh man. And then Alec Baldwin. I also like the uh, the whole like I can neither confirm nor deny. I I occasionally use that at some points. It's fun. That is a good one. I can neither confirm nor deny the details of the operation with the secretary approval. His secretary is standing right there. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So how did how did you feel about um? Both the twist on Alec Baldwin and the twist on the bad guy. Put him in a box. Um, wait, the twist with Alec Baldwin? You mean like the scene where he wore the mask of the... Prime Minister, yeah. The Prime Minister? Um, <laughs> that was a pretty funny scene. Um, I was watching it with my dad who hadn't seen it in a while, so he'd forgotten it. Was like I think the prime minister is dirty. Look at him the way he's talking and acting. I think he's dirty. And well, I'm like, was, yeah, he's yeah. I think he was proven dirty by how he was treating El- Ilsa at that point. He was pro- the actual guy was proven dirty later, but my father was responding to Tom Cruise's version of the prime minister. Oh, uh, <laughs> like but he wasn't wrong about him. him. The, he wasn't wrong. No. That's what I told him. I'm like, ah, no, it's Tom Cruise. And then it turned out to be dirty. And I'm like, now he's dirty. <laughs> like. He was innocent until proven guilty. Like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute. I remember this. Somebody's wearing a mask here. Is it the prime minister or is it the, uh, is it the head guy? I'm like, oh, shoot. And then I remembered, wait a minute. He's the defense. He's, he's the. He's, he's the prime minister. Then he shoots him. I'm like, oh, he is wearing the mask. Uh, yep. Like, uh, okay. 
So, so like, Solomon Lane. Yeah. Solomon Lane, um, in the prime. So Solomon Lane was the prime minister's protege in the syndicate, and then he made it on his own afterwards. And the prime minister was trying to shut it down. Correct. Yes. And he framed Elsa for it. Yes. Okay. So he was dirty. He was totally dirty. Yeah, filthy. Rotten and filthy. Rotten. <laughs> naughty. You're bad. Bad. Just sit to the prime minister by it. Um, the twist with Alec Baldwin. Is it. You mean the twist where he becomes secretary, or is there another twist I'm missing? No, no, just not necessarily the, 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 the reveal, I guess, that, uh,. Proves that proves to him that they are correct because uh, Alec Baldwin is like usually because that it's the same thing with three like Lawrence Fishburne is running around you're like is Lawrence Fishburne evil maybe Lawrence Fishburne is evil and it turns out to be Billy Crudup and then this time it's like maybe Alec Baldwin has a specific vendetta against the IMF like what's his problem or is he really just like John Hurt in uh, Avengers Civil War Captain America. Uh, <laughs> And it's like they really do have a lot of like uh, oversight that they need. Um, so I I like the fact that they win him over rather than being like we're just gonna show you that we're good and then you're an asshole. No, they're like no, we um, we're right. actually gonna help you and we're gonna help your career. You're yeah. gonna be the guy who saves the day in the situation. So we're great, right? It's yeah. It's um. They uh. They both had. They both had the best intentions. Positive. Um. But yeah, I think that's. I think that's pretty cool. Even though it's weird that he'd only last one more movie. <laughs> well, at least they give him the. They at least give him another movie. Fishburne didn't. Nope. Uh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins didn't. They killed Tom Wilkinson right away. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Um, as long as they don't send Ethan Hunt sunglasses via a ballistic missile, I'm fine. I don't know, man. I kind of miss it. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. Don't you miss it taking 15 cuts for him to drive his bike into a like beaten old, broken down car? No, I don't. What if he was skidding sideways when he did it? Nope. Um, five more cuts to get him to get his motorcycle back on the road. I'm just going to grade it. Um, okay. Doing it. It's going to be in a movie, and it's going to be big. It's the biggest movie he ever did in 2000. <laughs> Stop. People were dumb back then. Yeah. Um, a. Okay. It was a lot of fun. This movie's a lot of fun, guys. It is. But it, I'm already starting to think I already know what your fallout is then. Okay. Is your fallout a D plus? No, it's not. Okay. I think we got a preview. Probably the polar opposite. Um, um I would say... I don't remember the grade I did for Ghost Protocol, but that doesn't matter now. I'm watching this one, and I gotta say, 
I don't think that the weaknesses that I find in it are showcased that highly. Like, I don't think they're highlighted at all. Um, the movie is just such a great time, and the set pieces work so well. It's only in terms of the other movies that I think that I feel like downgrading it at all. Mostly, I just think it's a really solid movie. So, yes, I'm going to agree and say A. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm A. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I is Fallout an A+. Plus? That's, you know what, that's my thing here. That's, I'm going to say that this is an A-. I'm okay. going to go A-. Okay. Because honest to honest, honest to your God, uh, because he, I want his help on this. Uh, I don't know if Fallout is a perfect movie. Well, we're gonna find out next. We're gonna find out next time. That's the question here. Uh, that's the question. I have a week to really break this movie down and just like test your limits here, buddy. I'm gonna stretch you. I'm gonna stretch okay. his opinion out. See for what it's worth. All right. Actually, no, I love Fallout, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I think the plot might be a bit too confusing for it to be a perfect movie, but then again, it is perfect at times, I will say. At times, it is a perfect movie. Oh, man, I can't, oh, I'm remembering Fallout. I remember watching it in the theater with my friends, and my buddy, my buddy Kyle, uh, sitting next to me, he's like, I thought the bomb was gonna go. I thought the bomb went off like three times in that movie. Like he would like they that movie hooked him like three times that the bomb had gone off. Like it's amazing. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. So there you go, everybody. Um, what did we learn today? What did we, we learned- do? We learned that McGuire is a great visual director, great great set piece maker, and he's darn good at dialogue. <laughs> well, I learned that from Usual Suspect. Yeah, yeah. Dang, I forgot he wrote that. Yep. I gotta watch that sometime. Um, we also learned that uh, it's just the Force Vision. Who's we don't know. Um. Tom Holland will be forever missed. He'll still be around. He just won't be able to hang out with all of his MCU friends anymore. He will be sorely missed. Um, and yeah. Ethan Hunt can't be beaten in at uh, gambling. Don't don't do not send Ethan Hunt to Vegas. Okay, he wait. I win. forgot one thing. I forgot one thing. I wanted to bring up. Okay. So when he goes into the record shop at the beginning, okay. and he sees the woman, Solomon is in the back waiting for him. Yes! Yes! I noticed that too! I noticed that too! So they did that again with the other movies, but here's the thing that I noticed. The most important thing, and I'm sure you noticed too, Chris. When he asked the woman for a record, what record did he ask for? A jazz record. What record did Tom Cruise love in Collateral? A jazz record. Oh, Collateral. No. <laughs> It's happening. It's coming into shape. It's coming into fruition. It's coming into focus now. Yeah, Solomon's in the back, whatever, but he ordered a jazz record. 
Listen, we've already done a whole episode dedicated to Collateral. We're not doing it again. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you if I could do something, but I think it's too much work. Where I wanted to, I, I wanted to go back in time, which that wasn't the thing I was going to ask you to do. But I want to go back in time and go to that Collateral episode and start it with, um, <laughs> this is the next episode of the Mission Impossible series, Collateral, and it would have been perfect. <laughs> but I can't do that. <laughs> But it is! I'm telling you, I talked about it in there somewhere. Um. The jazz record, man. <laughs> I did not notice that. I just noticed Solomon laying in the background. I'm like, ah, oh, there he is in the booth! Yep. Oh, man. I, dang. I can't wait for Fallout. I just love how Fallout have... looks. How it moves. Dude, it looked. I gotta be honest. Like, it looked amazing. Comparing the look of that movie to, to Rogue Nation, like, oh, that looks amazing. But also, I'm, I'm starting to think about it now, and I got a few, like, I got a few problems. Dun, dun, dun! Okay, we'll see if I, we'll see if I can objectively look at this film and enjoy it at the same time. We will find that out next time. I will try as well. All right. So, Mission Impossible, the final, the final, we have to spin a wheel next week. That's what I was going to say, what, were we, what are we going to spin next We're probably going to spin a bad, the bad wheel. Ah, oh, damn, we have to spin the no, bad wheel. We're having too much fun on this series to not do it, okay? It was a good series. We have to bring it back down. Just like with Endgame. Uh, Just like with Endgame. I said, gotta bring it back down. Okay, so are you prepared for what Zach will throw at you next week? Do you already know what he's going to throw at me next week? No, I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about the, the barrage of comments about the special. Prepare yourself. For I am. I've listened. He's already done it so many times. Already. Well, there, I, I don't know which... I don't, I, he's going to tempt fate so hard. And if it lands on the special this time, yeah. I'm calling BS. <laughs> he has rigged the wheel somehow. Dude, it, dude, you know that he's the one that's going to be like, you're the one with the wheel on your side. We can't see it, yada, yada, yada. But for me, I want it to happen. I'm totally like, I want it. I want it beforehand. I want it beforehand. Regardless, I also don't have anything bad movie-wise to bring to the wheel, so I have to think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be Keanu Reeves and The Watcher. Oh, boy. Yes, a very big old boy. Or... Southland Tales. If you really want to get hate me, if you really want to hate me, Southland Tales. Uh, trying to think, what would I add to that wheel? Now I gotta think about it. Gosh dang it! Now I gotta think about it. Now I gotta think about it. Now I gotta think about it. That's the new song they put in the background of the Geico commercial. I'm probably just gonna do uh. The Razorblade Frisbee movie again, because that's been on the back burner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of it. Something uh, to do with Hawaii. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. What was it? Hard something to uh, Hawaii? Hard Ticket. Hard to Ticket Hawaii. to Hawaii. I might just do that again. Okay, so I'm going to put in the Frisbee made of razor blades. Um, yeah, bro. It's a spy move. 
There's spies in that movie, as well as a snake in a box at an airport. Get with it. I need to understand. What I need to understand. I just want to understand. I won't tell you what I need to understand, but I just need to understand. Watching it is going to do that? You are sorely mistaken, my friend. Oh, I know what it can do. Oh, what surf? That surfer bad feeling? Hold on, it's like a surfer teen confronts fear. Hold on, let's do our, let's do our now occasional update and see if that is on any kind of bootleg or anything. Teen confronts fear. We're gonna look right now. Have to look for teen confronts fear on streaming services for rental. My last visit was in February, so now we're back in August. Dude. Is it? It's coming to Minneapolis. What? The Trilon Cinema. Wednesday, September 18th. Oh my god, dude. We're all going, right? I think we are. Wait, that's December 18th, you said? September. 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 Oh my god, it's so soon. I know. I know. Oh my god. Oh my god, I think I would. Okay, I may work. What time is it? What time is the movie? I'm looking. Hang on. Let me look. <laughs> dude! Oh my on. god, dude. Me, I don't care. It's, I hope Zach can make it. He works all the time. I understand it. I think I work that night at 10. I will get that off and we will go, man. We will figure this out. <laughs> uh, there I is no specific... I think I'll have a car available then tomorrow. This yeah. There is no uh, set time yet. Um, oh, dude. Oh my god. Hold on, let me, uh, try the Trilon Cinema. Let me look it up. Oh my god, oh my god, Chris. (laughs) Oh my god, Chris. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. I I don't care if the only good moment is him puking up the black. This is the universe saying, go, guys. No, no, right. This This is it. Um... What if they're there? What if the people who made it are there? Okay, okay, Alex, Alex. Um, it's at seven o'clock. It's at seven o'clock. Okay, so seven o'clock. September eighteenth. Right. It can't be that long. How long is the movie? Let's look here. Hold on. I'm trying to. Let me, just, oh uh, let me just go back. Let's look at IMDb here. It's out. <laughs> it's an hour and thirty-eight minutes. Okay, not that long. All right, I might be able to book it to work. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, dude! It's happening. It's happening. Millennia. But oh that was honestly that was not the movie I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> oh, but just like how beautiful is that? How just like what a gift! What a gift! I know that is a that is a gift. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> You have to, you have to tell me this is the case. Okay, so, I do work that night at 10 p.m. I don't know yet. I should have a car, or either way, I will, like, Uber straight afterwards. I do not care. Like, I am all about this. I, yeah, I am definitely all about this. I am going to ask work off, and we're going to go and do it. It's going to, I'm going to cringe so hard. It's gonna. Be you guys are gonna be laughing at me, and I'm gonna be laughing at the. Uh, dude, I will be laughing. You do not get it, Chris. <laughs> I am so excited for this. <laughs> oh my god! 
Oh my god. Okay, so can we buy tickets now? I think so. <laughs> Hold on. Dude, Hold if we can buy tickets now, I will buy tickets now and just not go to work. I don't care. <laughs> We're going. Hold on. Where is it? September 18th, right there. Dude, what if they're there, Chris, and we get to ask them questions about the insanity we see? <laughs> they may not look at it as, uh, dude, it's cheap. It's five bucks. Ah, uh, of course it is. <laughs> yes, there are tickets available. There are 90 seats available. Oh my god, and how big is the theater? Like 90 seats? I guess. Are it's really gonna, small. Are gonna, dude, are we going to be the only ones there? Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I hope we're the only ones there. Oh my god. I hope we're the only ones there. Hold on. Oh man. Okay. It's a 92 seat movie theater. It's only one theater, apparently. Oh, the Trilon. Got it. Okay. So two seats have been sold. <laughs> two seats have been sold. It's the father and the son. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It has to be. It has to be. Oh my god. How would you feel seeing this movie, and it's the, just you and I, and the people who made it, or like one or two other people? Like, what if the people who made it were there, and we were like one of five people who went to go see this? <laughs> to fucking laugh at it. Oh like, no, dude! I love to do this. I would try to be as respectful as I could, but if I gotta laugh, I'm gonna laugh. We are literally recording our funny responses online and putting them out there. Like, I hope they don't find it. We can't tell them we do this. No, we can't tell them we do this. We can't, can't tell them how we know. All we know is that we, let, we read an article online about the movie. About two guys who went to the theater. <laughs> it's from the perspective of two guys. Hey, we're going to read this article about two guys who are nothing like us. They're called Miss and Schmalix. Um, <laughs> they, they, um... I don't know, they went to this movie. Oh my god, dude, we have to go. We have to go, we have to do it. We have to have do to it. Go. Is he in a small parking lot? Dude, we have to go, we have to, oh my god, I want to wake up Zach right now and tell him. Exactly, you gotta, you, know, you gotta call him furiously. I want to wake up Zach right now and tell him. Like, the, um, <clears throat> like, yeah, it's just on a... It's a very small building next to an apart next to an apartment building. You could park on the street, and there's a small parking lot right there in front of a. Um... Oh, dude, we got it. We got it. We have to do it. We have to do it. Once I saw the fly there, but dude, I I am all I'm all Chris. I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> this is, this not, is a development. Like I do want to hear your pick for next week, but this is this is gonna happen, and we will put whatever we're watching aside, yes. so we can talk about this. Yes, we have to. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I knew that I had struck gold when I read that article, and we've been occasionally talking about it ever since. And every time we talk about it, I check. It's like okay, it's not coming to Minneapolis yet, and now it has, and it's coming so soon. Oh not only man. It's coming for what is seemingly just for us. Yes. Like, imagine they, they came all the way from California with their weird, weird movie to show it to us. We're going to pay them $5 for it. 
Okay. Okay. Oh my god, dude. I now have a reason to live till the 18th. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, I could lose my whole family and my house and all my friends, and then they're like, well, what are you going to do? Kill yourself? I'd be like, no, I've got a movie on the 18th to go to. You guys. Oh, man. I am jazzed right now, dude. That, oh my gosh, I am Tom Cruise and Collateral jazzed about this. I can't believe this is happening. I cannot I believe this is happening right now. can't believe it. I can't believe Zach missed that, dude. That is crazy. Okay, we, this is... I'm all about this. I am all about this. <laughs> I have that recorded our reaction. I'm like, <gasps> it's coming to Minneapolis. <laughs> Dude, we need to get this sussed out just so we can hear that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I need to get. Th- I need. To, I need to catch up and get this up. Oh man! My God, dude. Okay, okay, we gotta end the episode. Um. <laughs> okay. So. <clears throat> so next week. Wow. Mission Impossible Fallout. And then after yep. that, we will spin the bad wheel. Watcher Southlands, I got a decision to make. Oh yeah, okay. We've done a lot of Keanu. I think Watcher would be pleasant for everyone. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So, Mission Impossible Fallout next next time. All right. So, say goodbye, Alex. Dude, it's coming on the (laughs) eighteenth. Oh dang it. I forgot. I forgot to do my out card. My uh, this.